Can I ask you something? Of course. I've told you two stories about what happened out on the ocean. Neither explains what caused the sinking of the ship. And no one can prove which story is true and which is not. In both stories, the ship sinks, my family dies, and I suffer. True. So which story do you prefer? Welcome to Cinemigos, a podcast all about expanding the cinematic horizons of its hosts, John. Okay, sir, you're a Lebowski, I'm a Lebowski, that's terrific. Rob. Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, punk? And Hyderberg. What country you from? What? what? ain't no country I ever heard of. They speak English and what? Welcome to Cinemigos, the podcast where each week one of us will introduce the others to a film they have not seen in order to expand our cinematic horizons. I'm your host this evening, John Kinetic Onslaught. I uh, got my boys here with me today. Uh, Berg, huh? Big Berg. What's going on? What's going on, fellas? And you know we had to bring the old cinematic archaeologist pervert Rob. <laughs> Rob, how you doing, Doc? I love the the pervert thrown in there at the end too. That's awesome. Oh, I didn't, I didn't right. hear that. It sounded just fine to me, John. <laughs> How's it going, everybody? <laughs> uh, so today we'll be discussing my pick, uh, Life of Pi. Oh, nice. I have uh, I have a uh, plenty of stuff to say about it. This is one I'm excited to to uh, share with you guys and uh, to get into. Yeah, Just why'd to, you pick it? So I, I I picked it because this was this was something that uh, really blew me away in the movie theaters. This is a this is a movie that you really have great benefit from if you see it on the big screen. Just just it, it's just absolutely beautiful. There's I'd just say so you're right about shots. that. Um, but it was uh the story is you know once once we get into it, there's just I I really enjoy the story. The the ending, all of it, it's just the it's a it's a really good heartfelt story. And, and it's always kind of stuck with. So what you're saying is that it completely changed your life. Yeah, yeah partly. One of those <laughs> movies. Yeah, one of them. Definitely. This was released in uh 2012. Yes. Yep. Life and I didn't Pi. get out to the theater, unfortunately, to see it, but I have seen it. Yeah. Rob is blank for you, right? Well, Nope, had never even surprise, uh no, I, I had heard of it, but I had never never it just never yeah. It's in color. It's got sound. It's not Rob's, you know, deal. <laughs> yeah. but. Uh, but no, I, I uh, had not seen it before. I, to be honest, I probably would not have chosen this movie to watch by myself. Uh, but we, you chose it, John. So it means we got to watch it. And yeah, it was uh, very different. Uh, I'm I'm actually looking forward to talking about it as well. Cool. Yep. Ang Lee, Ang Lee, he's a beast. Great director. Yeah, um, well, like I said, we'll give the spoiler warning, and I, I got a little bit of... Oh, pressure. I got that handle, guys. You guys want me to give the spoiler warning? Meow, yeah, meow, yeah, meow, yeah. meow, 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 Spoiler alert. <laughs> so, um, Life of Pi, 2012. A young man who survives a disaster at sea is hurtled into an epic journey of adventure and discovery. While cast away, he forms an unexpected connection with another survivor, a fearsome... Bengal tiger. My word. Sounds dangerous. Uh, 
got action written all over it. Yeah, Fuck well, yeah. Let's, let's figure out how we got here for the for the movie. Uh, it's based off of the 2001 novel of the same name, written by Yann Martel. Um, this is another one of those developmental hell movies. Uh, you know, like similar to The Princess Bride. No one knew who was going to be able to make it, or there was all sorts of problems. So I went through different, like I kept going through directors and actors because the studio couldn't quite figure out how they were going to make it. Mm. So Ang Lee ended up becoming the director, uh, you know, of Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon fame, Hulk, Brokeback Mountain, and uh, the uh, Gemini Man. This is terrible. Uh, <laughs> uh, initially, it was supposed to be directed by M. Night Shyamalan. Uh, then it went to, then it went to Alfonso Cuaron, and then it went over to Jean-Pierre uh, Jeanette, hmm. who, but then it ended up going to Ang Lee in the end. Could have went to Rob Zombie, who knows, you know? Yeah. <laughs> oh, good Lord. That would have been, that would have been a very different life of pie. There would have been a lot more cherries and pumpkins. Yeah, and... definitely cherry. There would have been a lot of cherry pie jokes. <laughs> oh, Lordy. Uh, but when Ang Lee came on board, he wanted to make sure that all the actors were like foreign born, like they weren't American actors. He had from wherever. That's good. Um, yeah. Uh, and then obviously we have our our uh, Toby McGuire was actually supposed to be playing the writer. And he was actually uh, through all the developmental Ooh. progress. He was there until Ang Lee came aboard. And then Toby McGuire, you know, essentially left the project and we got who we got. And also I about- like Toby better. I don't know. Yeah, but I'll tell you about who this, uh, who the actor who plays the writer, who is essentially Jan Martel's avatar, um, and we'll we'll talk about the characters. Cool. It's got a gorgeous opener though. The opening, just like I love the establishing shots of like all the wildlife. Yeah, that little monkey, it's fucking cute as fuck. Uh, Dude, see his butt uh, poking out, bro. Yeah, yeah, he was packing. It's wild too. It's when I was watching this with my wife, and she like same kind of thing. You're talking about with the animals and everything. I hadn't mm-hmm. seen it in a couple of years. And it's like there's one point where it literally looks like the flamingos are like skating on the water. Yeah. I even wrote it. It has like a very Disney esque quality to the opening. Yeah. Oh, I would. Uh, yeah, there it, there's a dreamlike quality to this mm-hmm. movie. It's it's kind of like where you feel like you're in reality, but like it's not quite reality at the same time. And uh, it's I, sort I, of a callback to the Princess Bride, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah a lot story like being told, and then. Something more fantastical happening inside the story. Yeah. But there's through lines that tie into, you know, the the world where the story is being told in the real world. Yeah, that's interesting. A little cinematic archaeology right there. Right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. The, um, uh, I think this was filmed at like the, the zoo that they were uh, getting the shots from. This was at, I think it was in Taiwan where they filming this zoo. And kind of getting some of those opening shots, uh, like I said, a lot of it was uh, the the shots of like you know the cities. Those were all uh, pretty. They were different locations like around the world. And then the majority of the movie ends up taking place in a it's a soundstage. Yeah, for the water effects and yeah. stuff. Right? The boat, but yeah. Ang Lee specifically want he wanted to make sure that uh, they captured kind of that the 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 water portion. Of I think with this movie too, you would think that it'd be something like, "Oh, we got to do like what Castaway did" or something like that, where it's definitely more out on the water. They do all natural stuff, yeah. Yeah, but it's but that's not what this book is. It's not what this movie is supposed to be. Like I said, it's supposed to have this like dreamlike quality where yeah, doesn't necessarily feel it's real, but it doesn't feel real at the same time. Mm -hmm. It's exaggerated. There's some moments here and there. Um. I so 
I bought this film digitally. Nice. Uh, I was I was gonna rent it, and they were exactly the same price. Yeah, in in four K. So I was like, well, whatever. So yeah. uh, I guess my score is a buy it. So natural buy it right there, dude. The end. Yeah. Yeah. Let's wrap it up. Just kidding. But you know, with that said, this film does. Uh, it looks and sounds like brilliant. Like it looks really good, and I think the CGI it still seems to hold up. That little lizard in the beginning, I thought looked good, and yeah, the animal effects. Wherever they do use the CGI, it's it's used in a nice way. It's painterly. A lot of the, exactly, the yeah. environments that we see, the backdrops and stuff like that, the water effects, the glowing things, those all look painterly, like you said, like dreamlike. I yeah, think it works think, well too, you know, with seeing I, the real animal and then going back and then catching the CGI. What like it 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 almost kind yeah. of blends it fairly well. Yeah, and then the, having yeah. the actor interact with it, it all seamlessly, I think, works. Yeah, John, but, you took you took my thought right out of my head because like yeah, they use obviously there was real animals and stuff that were used in there. And so they were able to kind of utilize that to help with the CGI. They use it for like tracking and stuff like that. I'm sure. Yeah. 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 It really works because there's portions that will, uh, well, they're at sea essentially where there are portions like when the, the tiger jumps into the water and is in the water, Mm -hmm. that's, an actual tiger in the, in water. the water. That's awesome. It's like all the stuff that's on the ship or the interaction with Pi himself, where there is the CGI, obviously. Cause yeah, like when they're looking face to face with one another. Yeah. Um, no, I think that I think the effects hold up pretty well. Um, I think they aid the storytelling in a good way without ever like feeling heavy handed or being like, hey, look over here. Like it all just feels like you said, fantastical, but still uh, there's a realistic nature to it too, because like yeah. this is just sort of like his mind possibly um, envisioning this, or I mean, embellishing a little bit in his story, uh, giving the the writer. I do I like the writer element too, like the idea of this like I don't know this casual interview and then totally. exchanging and then that speaking on like parts of his past. Like I kind of like the element of him searching for his faith. Yeah, that yeah. that was an interesting like opener for his character. So that that writer portion of like, you know, the writer like who hear, heard about this you know crazy story about this guy who served sea, that's actually all part of the book. Uh, there's uh, uh, there's a I think in the like author's notes. I mean, it's it's not real, but like what what's in the in the book, it's like, oh, this uh, these are based off of real uh, interviews done back in like such and such time and about like this guy who survived at sea and had this you know fantastical story about it. Uh, so that that comes straight from the book. And I think it adds an interesting element because, you know, we're allowing Pi, who has become an older man, out that he his like uncle, what he this writer had like met his uncle. And what, was, what was the uncle's name? Mom, Mamaja? Mamaji. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Mamaji, Mamaji. yeah. So, yeah, his uncle's Mamaji, like a great dude, like that, too. Yeah. I think like a movie about his uncle would have been interesting as well, because he looks like he's had. A crazy like interesting dude, i love that explanation of him like when when he talks about he like him being born around, with yeah. too much water in his lungs and they grab him by the ankles and spun him around that's why he's got a big chest and little legs yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah i do like the uncle and the uh the idea of like so the uncle sent uh basically the writer to go uh he said if you want to hear a story my nephew can give you one that'll make you believe in god so i think that's kind of what really draws in the the writer's curiosity is the the faith thing because maybe he's dealing with some some faith issues or something he never really speaks on that though but real quick i just do like i i enjoy the setting already from the very beginning right here because the narration i think in the very beginning just starts pulling me right in from the beginning 
Yeah. And I love a well narrated story, like a, mo- a movie that can pull that off really well. Like it was one of the things that I really liked about The Gentleman was yeah. the narration right. of it, how it ties into the story. And I think this film, I like the little glimpses that we get into his past. I think it does a good job establishing who he is, yeah. family. The, um, yeah, there's actually a lot of, uh, connections i was making the princess bride because you know we all we're we have like our writer who is asking questions and we have pie telling the story to him mm-hmm. and we're always we, we and you think it's like okay well we, we start there and it could have easily just been him telling the story but we do have like those intercuts like where we finish up with a part of the story and we get back to our writer and like you know they've been walking around the city and yeah, they went out to grab something to eat. Yeah, and... I like that. I like that their settings changing. Like they're yeah, spending yeah. I like together. that. I like that we're staying connected with our narrator's story. That we're checking back in, and we yeah. get to see because there's several actors that play uh, pie. So we get to see like you know his childhood played out in the very beginning of the story, how he achieved his name. Well, how he turned his name into his own version of it. You know, by yeah. flexing his math skills with the kids. Yeah. That was pretty good. So the so the adult uh, pie that uh, the actor that plays him is uh, Irfan Khan. Yeah, I've seen in him Slum- in a bunch of stuff. Yeah, he was in Slumdog Millionaire, The Amazing Spider-Man, Jurassic World. He, um, those oh. are the films most people remember him from. Who is he in Spider-Man? Uh, he was one of the um, scientists, I think. It was I. I need to go back and watch that. Yeah, I, word, I was just curious. Yeah, cool. I remember he was in there. I just don't remember exactly where, uh, how uh, critical a role he played in that film. Yeah, 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 yeah. But he's been in a shit ton of Bollywood films. Um, unfortunately, he pa- he actually passed away in 2020. He had, oh, uh, no, I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't know that cancer. either. Yeah, he had a pretty rare form of oh, cancer. Shit. He's a good actor. He was, yeah. He yeah. Um, and then we had, like, I didn't have anything on, like, the young, the kid, the young pie, but. Well, there's a couple. You mean the like young adult pie? So the young adult pie, the one that we follow around through yeah. the story, he's a beast. Uh, so his name is Sudaj Sharma. He is he beat out three thousand other people, and he had zero acting experience, and he didn't know how to swim. What? Hilarious. He had like all the strikes against him. <laughs> he's like, hey, can you walk? No, it's a film about walking. I can do it. Trust me. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. So I, I found that funny. It's like, yeah, he had no acting experience. He uh, beat out 3,000 other people, didn't know how to swim in this movie that revolves he around. He must have killed that. I want to see that audition tape. Oh, Word. I would love Did to he see bring that. his own tiger with him? They're like, this Maybe. is the guy. <laughs> <laughs> dude even the young the young uh pie is also i thought was great too I yeah man the little one yeah yeah yeah, yeah the one inquisitive. Is, is like trying to uh you know cuddle up with richard parker the tiger yeah you know? i like the moment of him and his mom like uh his mom kind of teaching him about krishna like his the first god that he's kind of yep. introduced to and um I feel like Pie just feels he feels like a real character. He feels fully flushed out, like adult Pie, young Pie, like these moments that we get to see glimpses into his past and the guy who's playing him as an adult. It just feels um, connected. I feel connected to him like right off the bat. And I'm like, yeah, this feels like a real dude, even though the middle part of the story that we're going to get in the movie feels super embellished or whatever's going on there is like kind of crazy because there's a moment where the movie just takes a turn. Oh, but, yeah. Um, we'll talk about that, too. Cause... But the character himself just feels super grounded. Yeah, very natural. Uh, but I will say, like one, uh, one like, since because our main actors, it's the writer, it's Pi, and 
that's pretty much it. Like, obviously, we have the adult pie and then the one that we majority of the film. But the guy who plays the writer, his name is uh, Rafi Spall. And he's the son of actor Timothy Spall. And hmm. for those who know his father, he was in the, one of the voice actors for Chicken Run. He's been in the Harry Potter oh. film. Uh, he was in back in, you know, for old people like me, he was in a movie called Quadrophenia. Um but the the actual actor who plays the writer, his he uh his acting credits, he was in Hot Fuzz, The Big Short. He was also in Jurassic World, uh, Jurassic oh, World, Jurassic Fallen World Kingdom. alumni in this. Uh... Yeah, dress. He was in Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdom. He was in the second one. Oh, oh that's, that's the one that's Google. <laughs> <The worst one. laughs> that's like the worst one from what I understand. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah. So it, like I said, that this initially was supposed to be played by Tobey Maguire, but I think this guy did a great job uh in the role. He's alright. Yeah. I do. I love the uh, we were talking about little little uh, pie. Um, I like the visual of him reading the comic of uh, yeah. like imagine like Krishna, whatever, I guess maybe yeah. in the comic. And I just like like he's imagining even further. Right. The pages, you know, and that's where we get some of this like cool effect of like the hippy dippy sort of visuals. Um, I think but- that that is a seeing that now that not knowing how the film plays out. I think that's a super important little nugget. Yeah, his imagination. It just resonated with me, though, also, just, like, as a kid who, like, grew up reading, like, I got into reading because of comic books, you know what I mean? Totally. That kind of thing of, like, where your imagination goes based on these little stories that you read. I just thought that resonated with me as my inner child. I was just like, yeah, fuck yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, no, that's a good point, though, because that is important, actually, based on who his character is and kind of... Foreshadowing. Yeah, yeah, it's not, it's not, it, yes, it's saying one thing about him because he's obviously talking about his his spiritual journey that mm-hmm. he was going on as a kid, but it's saying so much more than that because as we'll find out later in the film. Yeah, the story of him like meeting these gods and stuff that was cool. I, I actually would have loved the film just based around that. Yeah, yeah, and, like I just think... the, like the ships, the stuff on the boat could have been like a segment of that story because I do think this film focuses a long time on the boat. Um, yeah. And for me, that's a part. It's a it's positive and a negative in the film, but we can get to that later. But I like the idea of like this young kid, though, like traveling and trying to figure out like what he's into and like being super inquisitive. Um, I like that story as well. Yeah. For yeah. Pi. And it, actually, in a lot of ways, uh, I I can relate to the younger pie because uh, I mean, obviously, he did it at a much younger age than myself. But there was a period of, you know, when I got into my teens where not in like some sort of uh you know emo stage or anything like that but you you, you, oh, you had to, a spiritual journey yeah where you, you start to like wonder about like what there has to be something more to this world mm. than what we see and mm-hmm. I, I really do believe that yeah. and so we kind of get this with pi that's what he's going through he knows that there's so much more out there that there is a you know, maybe because of the influence of his mother, who has been telling him about the, uh, you know, all these gods and through his just kind of uh, adventures that he's had as a kid, maybe because, you know, his parents aren't around so much. You his know, parents are both like too. really educated, too. But his dad seems to be more about reasoning and science. And yes. Mom seems to be more dad. about philosophy and, and religion and belief and stuff like that. So. Yeah, I think it's important to know that his his dad flat out tells him, like, I believe in. Too western medicine and you know he tells him he's like i was sick with polio and you know the gods didn't come and save me western medicine did like that's yeah 
So, so it's so you get a little bit of like how now this is where you know Pi is at. He just has you know his parents who have kind of shaped him who he is. Although he never really got a chance to share how they they shaped his life. And yeah, I just I like that that journey that he goes on even before the film really. Gets yeah, going. I kind of totally. wish we got a little bit more of it. I love the moment where he's lis- we're listening to the priest break down the meaning of Christ to him, and he's yeah. like. I w- I'll be honest, like during that moment, I'm watching and I'm feeling it, too. I'm like, yeah, fucking bam. Like, uh, yeah, that's that's the meaning of Christ. for real. And then, bam, we cut to adult pie. And he's like, that makes no sense. I just like it, it hit at the perfect moment for me, too, as a viewer, because I'm just like, yeah, that makes sense. I'm agreeing with the priest. Like, yeah, that's the meaning of Christ. Right, right. And boom. Pie's like, nah. That doesn't check out. <laughs> yeah, I like that. And yeah, like, too, said, like, like with with what Adult I was saying, because there, there was some stuff that, like, you know, as I was kind of going through that journey myself, and you hear stuff, and like, you don't want to be rude. Like, I wasn't trying, but like in my head, I'm like, that makes no fucking sense. But the person telling it to you normally believes in it very deeply. Yeah, well, that's why I said. Like, I don't know if I could ever achieve that level of belief the way yes. this person does. So I don't know if this is for me. <laughs> You know what I mean? Because I don't know. It's like, I don't think I'll be ever, ever be able to be like, oh, I believe in the cat God. You know what I mean? Or whatever. I'm just saying. Yeah. That. But it's but. just, but at the same time, obviously, like, you know, Pi is being respectful at the same time. He's oh, yeah. not, yeah, he's not telling him, oh, this is stupid. <laughs> no, he's, he's just literally trying curious. to learn. He just wants to absorb not like that's literally his character. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. teach me. He's more, actually a really more. kind person. That's, yeah. that's what, the, you know, there's no malice in, in Pi. That's from that's from his mother because we do yeah. see we see his father uh, Santosh and mm-hmm. his older brother Ravi. They're making fun of him at the dinner table that one night. Yeah, um, yeah, <laughs> for following all these religions. And his mother kind of defends him. But I did laugh at the moment where the dad was like, "If you follow three more religions, you can take your year off on holiday because yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you'll, have, you'll have like there's a holiday on every religion that you'll have." them all checked off you can just take the year off and i like how he tells him he's like if you be- believing in everything is the same as believing in yeah. nothing, nothing. Like, yeah. that, that check i mean i get that yeah but i also get this the journey of discovery right but like right. This, like the father says you need to pick a path you have to go down one you can't just right. try all the doors and then not go down any paths you know what i mean right. because like you said it's just a the same thing as i not- think there is like a little bit of a uh a, a compromise that can happen there because obviously See, like if you you can't dedicate your life to all of those paths but like to nah. you got to figure something out like for yourself and sometimes oh you know door number one didn't quite work let's check out door number two three four whatever and well that checks out after that speech his dad gives him which is kind of poignant too it's like the he says like i want to get baptized and he kind of undercuts it like well, yeah well, right right it's pretty funny but the, what you're saying rob checks out because i did like the phrase Faith is a house with many rooms, meaning like your faith, it's up to you to fill those rooms with what you want to. Right. You know what I mean? And But your faith encompasses is, is like a house. And like, what do you, what is it that you believe in that you want to, you know, those paths that you want to go down and you fill those rooms with your beliefs, or, you know, the things that make you who you are, your your moral system and, mm-hmm. you know, the good in you, like, like uh, Pi does. Because I think he gets most of the good from his mom, you know what I mean? As far as just like, because he seems like the mama's boy a little bit. and Yeah, soft soul. Yeah. But I but, think um, also I think he does he, get the toughness from his dad, too, because yeah, that's yeah. what helps him to survive. Of course. Absolutely. And that's what he realizes later on. Right. You know, about the, his relationship with his dad, um, which I do like that. And that's that we'll talk on that later when we talk about the end. But 
I did. I I love the dad and the the mom. I, we don't get a ton of the brother. He's kind of just like a he, you know, fucking. No, he's a dirty rotten snitch, dude. Yeah. Oh man, yeah. <laughs> trying to feed the tiger. I really like that scene when you know. Well, like, he's trying to save his brother. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's yeah, a dangerous yeah. moment. Messing around, but you know, it it's uh that, that I love that scene. That's so so sick. And it's like he's sitting there and he's bought in, and it it really speaks to how you're talking about with the dad. Because the mom, you know, she's like, come on. He apologized. Is this, I mean, do you really want to scar them forever? And he's like, this is between a dad and his sons. Yeah. And he could have died. He could have lost an arm. No. He's going to learn a lesson today, is yeah. what he's saying. And then he, and, yeah, and he later on, I think it. even speak, you know, even as he's telling the story to the guy, he's like, you know, a part of him died that day. A part of the yeah. wonder of life died mm-hmm. after that. Like, yeah, you know, that's when he really went. He said out. the world was a little less enchanting. Yes, that, after yeah. that day. Yeah, and it was. It was like a moment for him to grow up a little bit. Um, right. That scene was awesome, though. The way it's shot, though, with the the tiger looks amazing, and the yeah, really good. Their stare down that they're doing, and the glimpse in in the eyes, and the dad says, "Um, what's his name?" Pi says, "I like that." He says, "Um." That he sees this, there's a soul in them. He can see right. it, and I like that. The dad says, "Don't eyes. mistake that. It's not. It's not its soul you see. It's the reflection of your own in its eyes, which comes yeah. into play later on mm-hmm. with some of the no, visions." That's also that like, yeah, that's also a tiger, huge so. like foreshadowing event there too. Yeah, right. Of our story later on. So, but yeah, I, I do love that. And I, the moment I got one question though, like he fucking dragged that goat through the bars. They're not even. Yeah, bad I, I, I was saying this one the same thing. I don't. I thought for. Sh- I, I seem to remember it being on the other side, he, and so when I was watching it this time, all. yeah, and he just like snatches it through the bars. I was like, I mean, I guess if it was thin enough, he just kind of yoked it up. But I feel like he would have been. I feel at like it you damaged the gate if you did that. Then we something, see something. or it would have took a little bit longer. Like there was a yeah. moment of just like we turn left and then we turn right and it's gone and the fucking thing took it like like a like yeah. Jurassic Park. Yeah, yeah Parker's uh he's a tough tiger, I guess. Maybe that was a callback to the Jurassic Park. They left the animal out just like the T Rex yeah. cinematic archaeology <laughs> right there. Yeah. Them bones off, Berg. Yeah, that's bro. that's what Jurassic World took on. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> oh man. But yeah, it's a cool scene and it's a moment in his life that's definitely shaped him as a as a character, as a you know poor memory. Uh huh. But uh, the tiger still looks where, good. Yeah, and so this is where that moment. Then we kind of accelerate a little bit, and we uh, Pi is growing up. He kind of buckled down, uh, was you know focused on his studies. Mm-hmm. He meets Anandi. And, yeah. yeah, right. He's quite taken by her. Yeah, well, understandably. And Ooh. there's a moment after I watched the movie, I was sort of like, "Well, what was the point of her character?" Because when the wife's shown later on, I was like, "It's going to be Anandi, right? It's going right, right. to show up." And he like tracked her down after everything happened, but it wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was sort of like, "Well, what was the point of her character?" But then I, I remember think... they they have this talk about her dance, right? The yeah. lotus hiding in the forest. That's right. Which oh, plays into I I took it at first I'm like well maybe it's a metaphor for like a young woman like herself staying like sheltered within that forest because she's special I right. don't know but then I watched the film and I'm like well this forest could be a metaphor definitely plays into our ending thematically yeah of the tiger going into the forest of course. right double entendre which could possibly will break down later a si- it's a side of pie's character actually it yeah. really could be a triple i mean you know it's i it's i double did, bubble I, could be triple bubble triple bubble <laughs> <laughs> but yeah but i think it is like, like womanhood you know what i mean like it's yeah. like 
when you think about it, it that's like literally that's how he, I took it. Even with the pose that he does with his hands and like the withdrawn in the forest, like it's like, yeah, it's it's yeah, it's a, it's a lotus sure. too. It's like the flower, right. you know what I mean? The woman's flower. And then like that, that's why the girls exchange like a knowing look like exactly. And they kind of giggle. Like, right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Or she's, you know, it's the thing it. that he's after while he's like kind of following her around. He's because he's into her. He's kind of like, oh, but he's also <laughs> yeah. very inquisitive. Like, what was this interpretive dancing like you added? So I kind of like that. But there's more meaning to it later on. Definitely. Or it's, you know, or it's showing that women are man eaters, you know, it's like foreshadowing. Yeah. It wasn't a yeah. Venus flytrap. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I love that. That that was like his young love. You know what I mean? Like he that that really I think that's represents it's supposed to be this part where it's like life is kind of coming back together for him. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like he talks about the wonder being gone. And then we cut to this this major event in his life and he meets this woman and he's like, oh, damn, like, yeah, yeah. this is what I'm about. And yeah. then he's kind of he's 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 brought back so much so that even the conversation at the dinner, he, he's not even he's out of it. Yeah, he doesn't hear anything. You know what yeah. I mean? And then he's brought back to that reality when dad right. says we're, we're going to sell the, the zoo and we're moving or we're yeah. selling the animals. Yeah. And it's well, I mean, this is the life of pie and. A seminal moment in a in a boy's life is when he kind of meets a a, a a girl who he's into, and it's like there there's a mutual thing between them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, first love, yeah, yeah, exactly. That's a huge moment, and um, that that's also yeah. We found maybe some potential symbolism in in that because yeah, you're right. Like normally, you'd be like, what the hell is the point of that? But there, I think there is a point, and it's also the dance, you mean? The dance the and like just like the fact that she's even in the movie to begin with. Yeah, uh, I do actually. I think you were right in that there is some sort of symbolism there, other than it just being a moment, uh, an important moment in Pi's life that yeah. shaped. I think it has both. It, it's just it's a moment in the character's life as well as speaking on something, a metaphor that's going to play into the, the the you know it has the same themes of what's going on later on in the film. Unfortunately. Pi's father explains to them that they got to sell the zoo uh, and they're going to move from India. They're going to. So it's like you just fall, you know, you find your girl. Um, this actually ha- something like this happened to me when I was real young. I had to move. Yeah. My mom had to uh, change jobs and we had to move. And I had oh, just shit. like kind of like asked out the crush that I had as a kid, you know, and she yep. said yes. And yeah. and I had to move. And it was like, I always wondered, like, well, what would happen if I stayed in yeah, that school district, you know? But I get it. And they so they have to move, but not just like. They're packing it up and he wants to sell the animals in, in North America and then like move to Canada because he can yep. find work there. So they got to take a freighter. So it's like an entire journey. It's not just like, hey, we're going to move to like San Diego or something. Yeah, right. Right. Because there's um something that we hear kind of it's not in uh, uh, right in your face, but it's somewhat in the background. You There's political upheaval that's going on mm-hmm. right in the area. And they it sounds like these guys had some special privileges and now mm. that the political climate has they're gonna changed, be questioned about it. Yeah, they're uh, they're now maybe not in be in danger races of the government anymore. Yeah. So it's 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 not just for financial reasons, but it's for survival. I like too that the dad says uh, Santosh, uh, he gives the family the details and he says it's settled. We're gonna sail there like Columbus to to which Pie replies, Columbus was looking for India. Yeah, <laughs> now we got, we got, got, got we're leaving India. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's, that's funny. I got a laugh out of me. Yeah, yeah. We see uh, Pie does say goodbye to uh, Anandi. Yep. 
their little friendship bracelet. Yeah. And then Pi's mom kind of talks to him like uh I think it was on the boat, right? Yep. Yeah. Kind of about like, you know, me and your dad are doing this for you and Ravi for your brother. Like there's a you guys have a full life ahead of you and there's so much the world you can get from the world. And by us selling our things and moving here, like we're going to be able to give you a better life and yeah. more opportunity. So, and we're, but we're sacrificing basically, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, it but I do like that moment with him and his mom. Yeah. It's like, it hurts now, but like, it's, it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Now come to dinner. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And yeah. then we meet the obnoxious French cook played by, uh, what is it? Gerard uh, Depardieu. Yeah, they're right? famous yeah. French actor. I've seen him since back in the day in a bunch of stuff, man. For sure. Yeah, he's a guy that's like he's in a bunch of shit that I I he plays uh, it I obnoxious think... or drunk a lot too in some of those. Yeah. Things. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you see him and uh Pi's father, they argue when he gives them shit about making a vegetarian meal for her and her sons. Because it's like there's a dynamic there in the family where just the dad eats meat. And he's always yeah. trying to push it on, it seems like the kids. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. Lamb's the best part of the dinner. You're not eating it, you know what I mean? But um, yep. they they're like their mom. They're vegetarians. Um, but there's still that dy- dynamic. Like he doesn't, he you know, he doesn't make them eat meat, but he always tries to convince them that they should try. It's it. fine. It's okay. <laughs> but that's also as I'm watching the film, like that just seemed like a character thing, like a trait. But then it actually is a theme later on when he's on the boat, because yeah. um, he right. does have to eat meat to survive, and it also plays into the tiger metaphors as well. Um. But yeah, I do like the French cook. I got kind of wish we got more of that actor, actually. Yeah, we he's in the the movie for what like two minutes. Yeah, and they have that yeah total time. My, pretty small. And then Pi and his father have like a nice little moment discussing the animals and the kind of sedation that he's doing for them, so they don't get seasick. Yeah. But then we see that like, oh, the dad's kind of privileged. So like he never actually took care of his own animals. He, he you know, he paid people to do that for the zoo, obviously. I mean, it was right. That's what zoo, Pi yeah. was saying. He was a businessman, not a zookeeper. Yeah, exactly. So we kind of see that moment where his dad's like out of his element, but he's trying to do his thing. And that idea of like animals getting seasick, that comes back into play too later. Like this film's definitely setting up the the moments on the boat a good deal oh, yeah. pretty well without being like too. Heavy hand. It's heavy foreshadowing hand. without being like, "Hey, look at me over here," you know. I think it yeah, does a good, I, it's good writing. I think that's what a re- I think that's what I really, really like about it. You know, yeah, I mean, that's what really stuck the, with uh, me. It's not doing the wow, wow, wow. Spoiler. Yeah, you don't have to <laughs> beat me over the head with information. Hey, wait, wait a minute. Are you? Are, do you don't like my spoiler warning? No, no, I do. I'm just saying it's like the movie's not doing that. Oh yeah, yeah, true, true. He's saying your spoiler warning is trash, Barry. Damn it! But no, I like. <laughs> you take it. that I back, right, meow. <laughs> but yeah i just like there's these moments these character moments before we get everything gets um lifted you know i'll be down. honest like i was i, I knew something was gonna happen because obviously i we I, based off the premise and like it, you know this kid's gonna end up on a on a lifeboat but I, I even knowing that like this the the way it happens is so shocking like and you don't really get an understanding of like what the hell happened to that ship I, Which I think is important to the ending too. Yeah, I, you know, we don't need to get into it now, but that's I I I think that speaks to like yeah he he that's because he doesn't know he doesn't it's this is the his life story and he doesn't know what happened to the boat. Yeah, I mean, did they hit an iceberg or something? Shit. Well, there's like this. So there's that <laughs> moment we cut back to the writer and him sitting on the bench at that moment, and he breaks down the storm, and it's a huge yeah. thunderstorm, and and. 
Pi wakes up and he's like, asks his brother, like, we should go look at it. And he's right. like, no, we'll get electrocuted. And he's like, no, it'll it'll hit the bridge before it hits us, blah, blah, blah. He's like, definitely wants to go look at it. Part of his faith thing, too, like facing God. Like, this is a, a manifestation of God in his eyes. He wants to go. Because yeah. his brother eyes. tells him not to anger. His brother tells yeah. him something about not angering the ring God or something mm-hmm. like that, right? Yeah, I think yeah. so. And so he wants to go, though. Uh, and he goes out there and he's like getting thrown around, but he's fucking happy about it. Like, he's yeah. He, almost dancing yeah doing for like sure yeah. Digi- he, like dance here and there like different, like poses he tried to yeah strike and yeah it was what i was wondering was he supposed to look like he's catching his sea legs or like was he actually kind of like happy about it and he was dancing a little bit but then the alarm sounds and we see shit gets real we see two guys get like thrown off the deck just yeeted yeah yeah uh i mean because the, the the waves of the sea are going you know massive at that moment yeah yeah they swell like real quick and then he goes down uh he tries to hightail it back downstairs but um he's seeing that it's starting to get flooded down there so apparently they took on water somewhere uh at some point well i mean he at first i was like uh, him leaving that door open like when he went up to go um uh, you know, to go watch the the rainstorm. Uh-huh. Did he? Did the did the boat get flooded? Because oh yeah, could have been definitely. Yeah, yeah that I door mean, was. He did leave that door open. Yeah, I, I'm, well, because you know, obviously, like it, there's the storm, and so you're getting all this water that is coming up on on mm-hmm. the bridge. It is oh. very possible that, like him, by him doing that, maybe he is partially responsible for the yeah. water taking. Him- the it take, it's definitely water. taking on a lot of water though because when he gets down there it's like one floor just looks totally flooded already and like the some of the animals are getting out which to me that's a sign that his dad got out of the room and started setting some of the animals free maybe right as downstairs yep. was flooding yeah so it makes me feel like as if that they, they they had a hole or something i don't know like to take on that much water but you could be right like could have came in through that doorway it just didn't seem like he was topside that long that that yeah. much water would right yeah yeah long. and then that much time transpired that dad would have got out and let the animals out but that's what it well, and then even, though, even then like i'm not even sure that the animals being set free is real either well that's true i didn't even think about that like that zebra dr- fly, like <laughs> swimming past them that was probably just a sailor maybe if, the, if yeah. we're believing later on like how the story transpires so that's yeah, a good yeah. I'm, I, I'm I'm interested to get into that conversation because um you know he tells him like hey I've told you the two stories you know which do you believe but I and then he he reads the report though and it, it mentions the tiger directly yeah so all right if, if you really want to jump into it right from well ju- uh, just because I think I think personally it was the 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 animal it's all everything he said is how it went down so i personally think i personally think that there was no animals that it was Uh uh, it was him uh, like kind of creating the story to deal with his uh trauma as like a coping mechanism and then um he told that story to you know the insurance guys and they were like this is so outlandish like we can't use this like you need to give us a real story so he gives them the real story and that story was just too fucking bleak for them to hear and they ended up going with the outlandish one anyway because they were just like i don't think they wanted to say the other one again because once he said it he dropped the bomb on them about what really went down they were just like holy oh, shit we gotta go uh, that's like, pretty uh, that, that's that's super so i kind of felt like maybe it, it still happened 
Gotcha. Like, so you're saying, but they, they, it just was so, uh, this is crazy. This is why I, I like doing this. So, so, so you're, you, so that makes a lot of sense. The insurance people hear it and they're just like, fuck they it. Got we'll what just they go for, with the first one because yeah, yeah. What you said, like, and so yeah, that's why the tiger that, that this guy survived with a tiger on the fucking yeah. boat than say that this dude's blah, 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 killed his mom. And then they sure. ate this guy and then fucking, or that yeah. one guy ate the, ate some of the guy or, yeah, yeah, whatever yeah, was yeah. happening on that ship um, was definitely pretty. That's why crazy. I've never, I've never thought. I've always just been like, I didn't think that till I rewatched it now, and I see because I saw the document scene. I'm like, all right, they're dropping this right now. Like, we need, right, to, need right. to focus and listen to this. Yeah, especially because the t- the tiger, you know, the the representation of Richard Parker does not emerge until the rest of the animals are gone. So the tiger, I think, is a meta. Like that's his side. That's his survivor's that, side. That's his him. Survivor's... That's, Richard Parker yeah. is him. He is yeah. the tiger. That that's what I'm. I mean, there was a there there was a Richard Parker tiger. I'm sure. Yes, but there was. The, the story that happens on the boat is just him making that up. He became the tiger in order to survive. That's correct, and that's where because I I I'm in agreement that the the real story is so bleak and hor- horrific, and. You know, as he's still a young kid, he's what, fourteen, maybe. Yeah, he's mid-teens. Yeah, and so, th- uh, someone that young, yeah. there, where we see that he does have an avid imagination, mm-hmm. and I think his brain took him to a place to protect himself from the horrific events that took place that he had to go through. And the, the tiger itself was the creation of his, you know, it's his, his survivor. It, he tiger, has survivor's guilt as well. Right. Yeah. When he's on the ship and he's like, I'm sorry. You know yeah. what I mean? As the, as the ship's capsizing and sinking and he's got off on the lifeboat with the zebra, which is supposedly a, possibly a sailor that had fallen into the boat um, and broke his legs. Is the, uh, the, life. so the, the, the sailor that ended up talking to their family, the one about right? the, the happy Buddhist, the he's Buddhist. wearing a, stri- a white, a black and white striped shirt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he's a zebra. The, uh, the cook the mom's the orangutan. Is, yeah. His mom is the orangutan. You have the hyena is the is the cook who's just always like. Oh, so in the other version though, we see him. The cook gets knocked off the boat by the zebra. He it doesn't look like he ever gets a chance to like dip down under. But I guess that's just for that story. That separate story is like that's how yeah. it plays yeah. out there. So, but it's just like oh man. And then I, the tiger's hiding the whole time. Well, the tiger gets yeah, on well, with the, the life raft. The, the, the tiger emerges. Um, yeah, and it, it because it's when he's faced with the you know the. Uh, He's about to die in the water, right? It's in the, the boat, so. eye of the tiger. It's the I mean, in a sense, yeah, as corny as that sounds, like it sort of is, like, right? The tiger does emerge when he needs it most, right? And then he saves, yeah. like, he throws the line out to it, which at that moment in my notes, I'm like, it's kind of dumb. This tiger grabbed on a life, life, life raft, like, <laughs> without breaking it or whatever. Like, but then if it's technically just a person, it's technically really him in the water being saved right. by the sailor or somebody else or the Frenchman. That yeah. makes more sense. Um, Definitely. And then I think so I think the tiger is definitely his side that of his survivor side, what he's capable of doing. Like when he has to kill the fish, he's he's upset about having to kill the fish, but also he he eats it. He feeds it to the tiger first and then he eats the next fish that he when he asserts himself to the tiger and takes the fish from him and leaves the smaller flying fish to the tiger. Yeah, because it was like a tuna or some shit. Yeah, It was like a big boy. And then that's when you finally see him eat meat. Right. Because he's been surviving on the biscuits all along, but he loses those. 
but yeah so i feel like that's his like survivor self of how what he's actually capable of at having killed the the cook at this point um and then i think the forest that they go into the island itself i think that's supposed to, to me i took that as possibly a representation of like death and so like giving in to stay there was possibly giving in to death because the moment before that he like the the tiger's about to die He's about to die. They look like he kind of like cuddles with the tiger for a moment, pets it and kind of tries to give it some water. And there's a moment where it looks like the tiger dies in his arms, like kind of just like, ooh. and then he says, take me now to God, basically. And then the next thing, they they're ashore on the the crazy carnivore island. And yeah, I I like when he says there, too, because he tells it. he's like, you've take you've already. What more do you want from me? You've Mm -hmm. taken everything. You've taken my family. You've taken where I've gone. You put I'm I'm on this boat out in the middle of like, what else can you possibly take from me? You know, it's like it's very much like like Job. You know what I mean? The book of Job. It's it's Mm -hmm. very, very similar. Well, yeah. And then the boat's kind of like an arc, too. There's definitely some religious symbolism peppered throughout the entire film. Definitely. And I do think the island is sort of like a representation of possibly succumbing to death. I like that because it's like during the day, it's it's like it's definitely like a, a two way thing with the uh-huh. island, right? Where it tells him like during the day, I, I needed absolutely everything I needed to survive. I thought I'd be here and I'd be content every day. And then at night, it just is just this carnivorous, just crazy ass like island <laughs> and i i love that idea you know like the water turning to acid the literal ground of like just digesting things like I, I, it's it's a very cool idea i thought i wonder if where when it's daytime him personally like he he has he has hope he has the will to survive mm-hmm. but when the night comes and it's dark and there's nothing he that's when despair kicks lose in. that will to survive and uh-huh. it's like should I just and then give you up give in to death. Yeah. Yeah. Which is the island itself. And then so like the like the the tiger knows what's going on, too. And so those murkats, the murkats, yeah. are, it's a crazy scene. Just, he hears Dude. this noise. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Those fucking murkats are just like making this noise. And they're around that like watering hole. There's like these little water. It's like a swampy looking area. And there's like these yeah. watering holes. And he like, like he said he swims in it. I was like, nah, bro. Look at it from above. It looks like straight out of a horror movie. <laughs> yeah. Like, right. Ooh, right. Like yeah. A big sunken hole going down and the reflection of what's down there i'm like i think some of the best shots of the movie are in the island like that scene leading up to the island when he's in the water with the squid that grabs the whale and then the whale breaks breaks off off into all the different zoo animals that was a crazy hallucination and then it's the it's the tiger looking into the water that sees it then when the scene changes it's him actually as the tiger looking into the water it's like he's hallucinating at this point um Yeah. yeah And yeah, because he, he asks him, he says, "What do you see, Richard Parker? What do you see?" Yeah, what do you see? And he comes over there, and then he looks down, and we see the, you see the reflection too, of the like tiger a glare in him, almost yeah. as if you're seeing his soul. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think that's pretty cool. Which is like he said, it's just you know that like you know going back to the dead, like all you're seeing is the reflection of your own emotions in these mm-hmm. animals. Like that's you know what I mean. And then it's like the tiger looking into the ocean and then you see the reflection of the tiger. Like it just, there's, there's just so much cool shit about this film. And especially too, because you also see a lot of the, uh, some of the, especially at night, you see the formations, like the, the undersea life is glowing and yeah. There's a ton of of cool overhead shots in this movie. Yeah. It's like, you see the, like they're taking uh, the form of like the ship capsized 
his mm -hmm. mom and like the people that are important in his life. And it's like, yeah, it's him looking in the water is a reflect. He's reflecting uh, like what his inner turmoil of like what he's lost, what he just, he doesn't know how to deal with it. And this is how it's manifesting. Yeah. So it's weird though. Cause in that moment where he sees like the, uh, cause he's keeping himself separated from the tiger. He's leaving the tiger in the boat and he's created a little raft thing for him to sit on with some of the supplies and everything. Yep. Yeah. And, so what do you think that that was about? Uh, well, in the in the real story, he's saying that his, the Frenchman created that because he said the Frenchman was very um, resourceful, re resourceful. Yeah. Unfortunately, sometimes like to, you know, you know, that he was going to eat like a human body right away. Right. Or like he, he, ate said a he made it, it to catch fish. Good. Yeah. Yeah. OK. All right. I, I, I think I missed that part because I was wondering, it's like it's. Uh, but it's uh, weird that he had like all the supplies on it, like not even tied, like tightened up at one point, and yeah, then he right, loses them because of the whale. Right. So it's like, why would you just have everything just kind of just sitting out in the open, yeah. have it bundled up and something tied up like you did everything else? It didn't make sense to me. Like I know he was yeah. doing inventory at one point, but yeah, dude, you got to protect that shit like it's your life. Totally. So yeah. the whale comes with the glowing part, which is amazing, and he's like swirling the water. Yeah, and it's like the lighter blue with the dark blue all around it. Yeah. Like, oh, it it's like so attracts the whale, it seems. And then so the whale comes out of nowhere. Yeah. And ends up capsizing the boat for like two seconds or like his raft or whatever. And he loses yeah. all his supplies. They're just floating around or he loses most of them, at least. Jeez, yeah, dude, just those shots. They're just so they just, it just looks so fucking good. Like in nighttime where it literally it's like the you see the stars above him. But then it's almost it it almost looks like he's just literally floating in in space on the star because you're seeing the reflection of the stars onto the ocean and the and it, it almost looks like there's no different no, yeah, you can't there's differentiate a, there's a, it. There's one scene in particular I put in my notes where it looks like he's lost in space. Yeah. On the boat. He's just going just, just yeah. The night yeah. sky reflected back on the water and it just looks like he's in emptiness, so just good. like floating just there. It looks so good. There's also that that first moment where like the water stills after the storm and everything, and like mm -hmm. there's it's like glowing like golden sort of. Yep. And I know that they're in like a set kind of, but they achieve it really well. And the water's just super still, and he's kind of just like that's where the dream state sort of thing starts kicking in. I'm like, this looks like too beautiful almost. Like, yeah, yeah. But it looks amazing. The still water just reflecting. I'm curious about like so I I I heard a theory uh, about this film. I'll I'll post you guys see what you guys think because obviously like it starts off we're we're in a zoo and a zoo essentially they because Pi talks about how oh you know, people say that like zoos are cruel but essentially like we've created boundaries for these animals but it's their territory you know right. and, and they've taken control of that and when he and like the idea of freedom that we think of is like well yes we've created a safe boundary which is uh which is actually a very um with one of the religions he was into christianity there is a lot of that there are boundaries that are there to protect christians mm -hmm. and their their spiritual um you know their soul and so the zoo is kind of like a representation of that and when we get out into the sea where he's lost at sea he the idea of creating boundaries in a territory and some uh, in this midst of because the ocean is chaos there's and, and it's like uh, yeah it's wide open 
and you can say that that's freedom, but it's actually chaos and you don't really know you can't survive out in that. But like this this boat and the the parts that they you know create to uh have their territories, that is actual freedom and boundaries to keep them safe from the chaos. That was kind of one of the theories that was posed of like one of the messages of the movie. I don't know if you guys would like, agree with that at all or I'd have it's to think about it a little bit deeper. I didn't really pick up on that. I'll be honest on my viewing though. But I, I will see. I didn't pick up on that. I was just trying to find some stuff about the movie, and I was like, that yeah, sounds interesting." I it saw some reddits. Sound. I didn't want to go too far down them, but there's there's definitely some conversations you can. I have didn't know that this movie was going to be as deep as this. it was. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking honestly. I when I when I was watching this, I was thinking it's like is this like James and the giant peach? Like, is it kind of like that a little bit mm. where it's kind of this more fantastical type of thing? And it's not, um, but you know, it kind of had those vibes, but then it's like when you got the actual story from, from pie and like, it just kind of hits you in the face. Like, Oh Jesus, this is, <laughs> Whoa, there's a lot more going on here than I realized. There is, but I, I like, I, like it deals with some themes that can be heavy handed in other yeah. films, like religion and stuff like this that. I think it does it with the lighthearted nature that works for this story. I think. I yeah. think what, what is good about this film? I don't, it does it have a message uh maybe well i don't even say that it doesn't really have a message but there's a lot of symbolism it's like you and you have to wrestle with that symbolism and kind of you you come up with your own theories as to why you why this uh what happened to this guy and kind of the idea it's like well what's the better story uh well you good point (laughs) you know um and i I felt like that was sort of speaking on when he says that it's sort of like, well, you know, find the religion that you, the story that you like that resonates with you, right? That kind of the setup, the structure of a certain religion. But as long as it brings you inner strength, like as long as it strengthens you, you know what I mean? And you're getting the positive vibes out of it. then that's all that really truly matters. Right. Not the, yeah. you know, that the other guy has a different religion or whatever. I felt like as long as it works for you, I felt like that's what he was kind of trying to say to the interviewer. And when the interviewer is sort of like, damn you're right like i get that yeah well we talked about the idea of the ambiguous ending in m and i think this is another film that has earned an ambiguous ending like where it's not uh, it's not force feeding you anything you have to deal with like what you watched what did i see here what is going what is what does this represent is you know because uh, we all know that this is not reality uh or as we come to find out it's not reality uh so what do you do with that and like what is the what is what does the tiger mean what does the island mean uh we've come up with some ideas but then you look at the internet and there's so many different theories that people have come out come come out with and i think that's what's powerful about this film is that it's over 10 years old and we're still kind of having theories and putting that out there and still trying to wrestle with what's going on in this movie in a good way because it it, it, we care about it not because um you know it's just like oh well ang lee and like and the author of the book had no idea what they were doing (laughs) it's definitely i mean it definitely wrestles with like the themes of you know self-discovery and that journey that one takes i mean look at the age that he is in the stories and of the age of a young adult that's 
that's when you're like really figuring out who you trying to figure out who you are and what you want to do yeah. and uh, your belief system and stuff like right. that. You're yeah, I touched on that too. That's, as a young that's adult. when I started. So yeah, um, and I but I also think I don't know. And then it deals with you know some traumatic events as well and how his faith possibly could play into that and how you can lean on faith maybe. Uh, I don't know. There's a lot of themes at play. I think the movie never really. Um, is heavy handed on any of them though. It never, it's not for, it's, it's it never force, force any of them on you. Yeah. And I, that's the thing I like about this. It's not mm-hmm. forcing a particular message in your face. Like, nope. Oh, you have to be like this, but it's showing that, you know, it's, I think like if anything, finding your, whatever your faith belief is, and that, that is your, that's your pillar. That's your post that you can lean on in like tough times. That Like, cause uh, I think of like when, Pi is on the on the life raft and he has like the 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 portion of the ship and he's clinging on to that. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that's a symbol of his faith. He's clinging on to the faith that like Possibly. and the sharks are like circling. Yeah. yeah. Right. And uh, I think that there's some symbolism there too. Like sharks in, could be like the negativity in the world and the things that come after you, the devil or whatever you want to however yeah. you want to label those things. And then like, yeah, his faith is what's saving him by clinging on to it, possibly. Especially because in that type of situation, you know, it's fragile. Yeah, in that type of situation, you could be like, it, it all, all is lost. I, it's hopeless. I'm going to die, mm-hmm. and there's nothing I can do about it. Or you can believe whatever your faith system is. You cling on to that for dear life, and it's like, you know what? I'm gonna get through this, and I know, I don't know how I'm gonna uh, survive, but I'm gonna survive. I think it's interesting too, though, and it calls back to the fact the duality of his parents. Um, like the way he survives is not just by you know relying on his religious beliefs or his faith. He relies on what he knows, science, right. like the tools that he has at hand, like the things his father taught him that he didn't realize were lessons. You know what I mean? Like at the time, they seemed just like his dad being extra strict and whatever. But it turns out like it was all it helped him save his life. You know what I mean? Yeah. The whole beginning of the movie is like is. The lessons that he is learning up until he is alone on that ship, every single one of those comes into play to help mm-hmm. him survive while he is out yeah. there. Like he uses what he knows about the animals to condition the tiger. He right. gets it seasick. He comes up with the devices that plan to get it seasick and use the whistle to then feed it. So it's like, hey, look at me. I'm an ally. When you hear the loud whistle and you're seasick, that sucks, right? I'll make that noise if you come after me and you yeah. associate that with feeling like shitty. You don't want to do that. Yeah. But I'll make the nice noise and I'll give you a piece of fish. And so, like, he's able to condition the animal a certain amount. And that's because of science. That has nothing to do with any religion. Right. right? That's yeah. just him relying on ingenuity. Um, so I it's also, also like too- a philosophy on, you know, science versus religion, sort of the belief systems that people have on that, where people yeah. sway to one side or the other sometimes. Yeah. I also think, too, the because um, his dad was probably very strict on as far as like his studies goes. Yeah. And because he was a very he was smart and he was able to pick things up quickly because uh, he does talk about like, you know, after that incident with the with the tiger at the zoo, he grew up and uh, yeah, the, yeah, the some of the wonder of the world was gone. But he focused on studies and reading and reading, mm-hmm. reading. Well, what was he like focused on? Like while he was in the ship, he read that survival guide yeah. book that yeah. was in there. Yeah. Like, it was the Bible. I mean, that's Front it. And that comes from his dad. Yep. Totally. Just going and finding the supplies and stuff. He, was, he played everything pretty smart. Like mapped it out. Un, yeah. He never unraveled. He tried to keep his cool 
at every turn. There were times where things blew up in his face, you know what I mean? But he yeah. tried to his best. He never let go. Um, and so in, in a lot of ways, his parents helped him to survive. Absolutely. Both, of course. Based, yeah. based in faith and based in like practical, mm-hmm. like you have to do stuff. Yeah. And then like he's even like still manages to maintain like a good heart where he wants to, you know, whether the tiger's actually there or not in this story that we're seeing. He's trying to keep the tiger alive, even though it's uh it's dangerous. You know what I mean? Right. Um, yeah. Which right. is almost and it's speaking on like some almost like a side of himself that do you keep this Predatory. side alive? That's dangerous as well. Like you killed a man in order to survive. Or, but that man killed your mom. You know what I mean? Right. That's how it really played out. Yeah. You did what you had to do. Uh, and I think there's a moment where later where he has to let go of that side when the tiger leaves unceremoniously. Yeah, yeah. And he's heartbroken by it, but it's also a necessity because you can't live that way in the real world anymore. Once he's saved, that's when the tiger leaves, right? Yeah. Because yeah, he's got to yeah. break that bond again because he can't be that guy now that he's saved in society. He could be that guy to survive mm-hmm. on the boat. And that was... Yeah. Dude, that is such a heavy, heavy moment in the movie. It get, like Every time it gets me. Like, Dude, it, that scene plays out and then he speaks right after adult says i wish uh you know uh he speaks on about his dad's lessons or whatever right that i wish i could thank him fucking tears came out my eyes because every time my dad every time and i was like holy shit yeah what's also like when when the tiger leaves him that side of him leaves and like and he never got to say goodbye to it he breaks down Final, yeah. for the first time, he and then he's like, also, like, I never said goodbye to my family, you know what I mean? Like, right. And, but like, you're right. It's, he has to let that side go because he's now back in the real world. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's kind of, I think of, uh, um, you know, I brought this up on a episode that we did on uh, Cut Above on Day of the Dead with PTSD. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of soldiers that come back from war, they have that tiger in them. But mm-hmm. they don't let go of that tiger when they come back home, and it's that's where a lot of the problems come from. Yeah, because you're bringing this this monster that you can't control. They mm-hmm. never learned to control. But it, it was essential in your life. You were right. You needed it war. to survive. You right. Needed it. Right. Yeah. Whereas, uh, and I think, oh yeah, this is also what's crazy about this because he spent the entire time on the waters. Like he, yes, I have this tiger. But I got to learn how to make boundaries and be able to control yeah. it in a certain use it right. where a lot of people don't learn to control the tiger. That's they just true, let yeah. that shit. He let that fucker just fly. let it loose. Let the beast loose. Yeah. So that's good. Yeah. Putting up those walls and kind of like that's him training the tiger. I love that scene where he does assert himself and he fucking yeah. pisses yeah. on the canopy. And the yeah. Like, yeah, dog. And he turns around <laughs> yeah. and fucking sprays dog. him in the face. He goes Blasts over his face. He's like, oh. oh man because the tiger makes a face like oh shit i can't believe you just did that (laughs) yeah and then he's like nah i got you bro (laughs) yeah say less but man now that we're talking about the film too like i picked up on a good bit of this when i was watching but even hearing discussion now of like other opinions and stuff there is a there's a good amount of deep like deepness to the writing and the story here and there's a lot to pull from Mm -hmm. Uh, surface value it's just a, you know it's an interesting film it's shot really well it looks great it's an adventure in a sense mm-hmm. but then there's all this stuff with faith and then belief and then family um hashtag family too uh yep. i don't know the belief of like science first religion like this and but like we said none of it is heavy-handed so it's all fun to pull from and the film never says no you have to go down this route or no and like we said the ambiguous um ending 
it's still a hopeful ending in this yeah. movie. It never yes. changes our main character. He's still the cool, like the good dude exactly. that we like. We, li- we like our character. It's just a matter of what he did to survive. You know what I mean? Like, was it with the tiger or was it with, you know, or did he overcome odds of like human, hum- you know, humans killing each other and he had to kill his mom's killer and whatever. Either way, he 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 rose above and he and he conquered it and he survived. And that's what builds this character that we see at the end. You know what I mean? It doesn't turn out like, oh, he was the killer all along. I'm so glad like it wasn't one of those films. Yeah, right. right Thank right. God. Yeah, that would have yeah. been that, that would have completely destroyed this film. Yeah, I think the film does a great job of just bringing you down these different, just like we said, different paths. Storytelling wise, just yep. like yeah. the paths of religion that he's going down as a character. It's it, there's definitely yeah, there's. It's like this duality of like us as the audience member going down a similar path with this character in this movie. But, um, yeah. I do think that the, we spend a a little long on the boat, though, to be honest, because I yeah. I sort of just liked a lot of the other stuff too, the buildup of his character. You would have liked a little bit more of like just his. I mean, I don't know. It's a long film though, so I can't really critique because I guess like we still need the character to go on this journey. Right. I just think there's like more than one film here, I guess maybe. I and that, I was digging yeah. the first, the the first like thirty minutes um, of like this young kid and family and skipping ages and a narrator telling me because we lose a little bit of the narration during the boat stuff. We don't get as many callbacks to the writer and and Patel at that moment. Yeah, and this is actually kind of like you know like the uh, like the epic films. Like yeah, I mean I see a lot of like you know Forrest Gump has a lot of the stuff like where we're going through this you know this guys essentially his entire life we we go from him like as a young kid mm-hmm. and Benjamin all, Button. all the adventures he, he goes on uh yeah. giant is another one where you kind of go through this family's life and uh 10 mm-hmm. commandments Big or, fish. Um, yeah well I, well I haven't seen it yet so uh, I, uh, yeah I think well, there's some of that in there the storytelling yes uh, definitely uh Ben Hur is another one uh so it's I, I think it has a lot of those elements to it, even though it's not like at the same length as those films, but it's um, I don't know, man. I just I, I didn't I didn't expect this movie to be as deep as it was. And yeah, I just I, I really enjoyed the journey that we go on uh, with Pi. And uh, yeah, like you said, you, you don't you don't feel like uh, you got betrayed or that he is a character is like, oh, well, now I can't like him because yeah. of what we went through. You actually like, I, and I, to be honest, I don't feel sorry for him. I, I'm I'm proud that he survived. And on top of that, like he, he was able, he survived and created a family of his own. Yeah, he was better off. Like he became a better person. Yeah, I like that sentiment, Rob. I think that's yeah. a good. I think that's a good way to put it. It's see, that was you don't feel sorry for him because in the end, it's exactly what he needed to end up where he is today mm-hmm. and how he is. You know, yeah, he's exactly. a father too. Got a yep. wife, beautiful wife. He's got a cat. He says, I think that's right. Yeah, and he's gonna have this book written about him. So because the writer says, yeah, I'm gonna write the book. Yeah, yeah. And he says, well, I mean, he the the writer. I mean, and I like how in in the um in the credits. He, the the writer doesn't have a name. He's just the writer. The writer, yeah. Yep. Because that is a representation of Jan right. Patel. And because uh, the author talks a lot about like when he was writing this book, it was he he was going through the same journey that Pi is going through like spiritually and like right. He, he started out as like honestly, I'm an atheist. I don't really believe in any of this stuff. Interesting, yeah. But like probably he, a good clean slate though to go yeah. down. But he also he went through the things like, but yeah, I was like, yeah, but that's not working for me. So I'm going to I'm going to go down these paths and open these doors and see see what happens. And 
when you listen to his interviews today, he's like, yeah, this, this book changed my life. And, you know, I'm not necessarily like a uh, super religious zealot, but I, I, I would say that like, I'm maybe some sort of like non You can have faith in like, things I'm, without I'm being super religious. Yeah, exactly. So, like Pi, you know, like his character that he created. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so. <laughs> Rob, you mentioned that Shyamalan uh, might have directed this. I think if Shyamalan had directed this, the way the ending would have played out was they have the interview. He says, you can write my book. It's your story now. Uh, Honey gets home with the two kids and says, who are you talking to? And he's like, oh, this writer, he's doing a piece on me. Pan over to the couch where the writer's been sitting all along and nobody's there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, like, what a twist. The- yeah. <laughs> Shamalamaloo, dude. We just got Shamalama ding donged. Yeah. Or I was going to say, like, where it turns out, like, oh, he was a murder. He was, like, a, uh, uh, you know, just a, a uh, horrible it's murder. A tiger, dude. He's, I've yeah. been a tiger all along. <laughs> yeah, it's a, a tiger. tiger. Actually, Diane, I'm a horse. I'm a broom. <laughs> yeah. I'm pumped we we did this this way. I know this wasn't uh, anybody who listens to this episode and is like came here for a fucking hardcore retelling and recounting of Life of Pi. That's it's not what we're doing. Uh, so I apologize for that. But this is how we did it. And I really like the way that it shook out where it's like we don't need to, to, to break this movie down scene by scene. It's grabbing these big factors and these big ideologies and thought processes and, and, and really flushing that out from the start. Like I'm, I'm at first I was like, Oh shit. I think I kind of shit the bed there by bringing that, you know, the ending right away and having us not go through it like we did. But I, it, it, I think it led for a better discussion here because it was a completely different process. I think we would have had a completely different conversation if I would have just waited to the end to tell you guys well, yeah, what tough, I Because the thought. end is what makes the film kind of, right. those are the juicy nugs that we kind of want to pull at. Um, right. But there's yeah. just like, there's a good amount of this character that's interesting too and that the journey goes on. So that's, I just want to make sure we don't skip certain things either. Absolutely. But like yeah, you said, yeah. we don't have to literally, like, like a linear line go through the entire film. Obviously we can jump to whatever is most important. Well, cause it, you know, similar to like, you know, other films of this type where there's like, Oh, there, you know, there's a lot of nuggets that you had to dig through. And I, when you get the ending, it's like, Holy shit. I right. didn't expect that. And so I actually, I went back and I watched it again and now knowing the, the ending. And then you start to look like, Oh, what was going on here with this? What was right. this representing? Like, and uh yeah just and i think that this now john you said you saw this in theaters and now obviously you're coming back to it must have looked gorgeous oh does this does this movie hold up to you um over time like does it get better now that you like kind of know about it and you're able to kind of just go back and kind of pick out some stuff that maybe you didn't see before i think it does uh for for exactly like you just said, this is a, a movie that I think you can watch over and over and over and over and consistently find something or pull something different from it. You know what I mean? Like, right. Like you said, with the ending in mind, it it's you can you can go, oh, shit. What? A, yeah. What about? Yeah. What about? You know what I mean? And and for that reason alone, I, you know, I, I, I think, yes, it's it's something that'll that'll always hold up. But that visual piece to it is, bro, nothing will compare to that theater experience of just sitting there and just that. It was just beautiful, dude. Just to see it, how it was, the shots, the colors, 
Like it's just so vibrant yeah. and just just perfect. It looks great, and the sound design is really good too. Yeah, um, yeah. I feel I could just tell from watching it at home, um, but I could tell like if you had surround sound set up or a theater. Oh, set up dude, the flying like, fish scene, in dude, the theater was yeah. just, that scene's awesome, and it's like a build up. Yeah. What are the flying fish though? Like, like these thuds, like well, they do have fish that that jump above the. I know that, but like, you're talking about what is it? What is symbolized? There's some sort of like representation. I don't know. I thought about that with the whale too. I don't know that everything has to be a visual representation. No, not necessarily. I'm just like, but I'm. But it's fun to think about. Yeah. Yeah, I'm wondering if there is some sort of symbolism. I mean, because it sets up like a moment between him and the tiger, too, as far as like food. Yeah. Here's food kind of coming. Right. He's What's eating, yours? Who's is yours, what? mine's mine. Well, yeah, I also that sort of thing. Too, He's like, drawing a line between him and the tiger. I'm also wondering, too, it's, it could be like, you know, with, um, you know, Moses and the Israelites wandering in the desert with the manna from heaven mm-hmm. and yeah. what, what they're getting. Maybe this is a symbolism. Uh, yeah, I don't know enough on that, that to speak on that, but that's interesting. I think too, like we said, you know, the these it's a moment where he draws a line between him and the tiger, which could, you know, is we're thinking is his himself also, another side of himself. So yeah. his regular self is asserting himself and saying, like, no, you know what I mean? Like, this is mine. I am the dominating personality right now. I am I am pie. You know what I mean? You were just a, a a fraction of me basically that I had to, you know, create in order to survive this, you know, traumatic yeah. experience. And but you know it's not like he's saying that one to the tiger, but that's kind of what it's symbolizing. Maybe it's like, yeah, oh, yeah, right, right. He takes right. the bigger share and he leaves the small bites to the you know to the the tiger. And you ever notice like every time they show the sh- the boat like from like up above, like everything's gone already. It's always cleaned up. Like all the fish are gone at one moment. Yeah, 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 the yeah, zebra's yeah, yeah. gone. Yeah. Like the zebra's tucked away. Like he brought him under there, but even the fish are kind of like because that boat would reek. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's how I was thinking that myself. It's like. And how long is he at sea? Because he's there for like a long. Two hundred and twenty-seven days, I think. Really? Is what the, yeah. Uh, okay. Newspaper says, yeah. Yeah, because he was che- he was putting those checks on the boat too. Right. Um, as his system of like counting how long. Oh, just a, a quick bit of trivia: the older insurance investigator. Do you guys? He's played by James uh, uh, Sato. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, you know who he I, played? I don't have anything on this. Uh, so he played the Shredder in the Ninja Turtles movie from 1990. Oh, shit. He was the Shredder. U-R-T-L-E yeah. power. Yeah. Turtle <laughs> power, bro. Yeah. Oh, uh, shit. It's funny, too, because his name is James Sato. And then the uh, the younger one, uh, his name is, hold on. His last name is, is Nato, like spelled like basically the same way, just like Sato. Oh, wow. Nato. So I was like, what are the chances of that? Yeah, June Nato. I'm probably saying it wrong, but I think it's James Sato or Sato. I've heard the name before. Probably, yeah. based, I've seen his face, and then as well as because of the shredder. I've yeah. Oh man, that's uh, I I didn't I didn't have that yeah, information. I don't awesome. know if he played like Super Shredder in two, but he played the regular Shredder that we saw so, from number one, right? The first, yeah, one. from the first. Super one. Shredder was uh, Kevin Nash, dude. Was it? Mm-hmm. Oh shit! That was before I even knew who Kevin Nash was. Yeah, Super Super Shredder when he's knocking down the fucking the. <laughs> Fucking oh, love Super Shredder. Yeah, he's taking up a as silly as that as silly as that movie is. I do. It's like not silly it. at all, bro. Yeah, that movie's fantastic. Turtles Watch learning mom, to be ninjas and they're teenagers being raised by a rat. It's not. No, no, no. Silly. I'm talking about like number two, like TMNT uh, too. Like it's it's a secret of the ooze is the best one. It's dude. one of my yeah. It's it, I think it's 
They're, I, I, I honestly think of uh, Welcome to Turtle Cast. I, I think yeah. that the first two to me they're almost equal, like in my yeah. eyes. Yeah, like, it takes a definite turn at the third one. I know some people love the third one, but for me, there are people that a little like wacky. The third one? Uh, I want Turtles in t- Turtles in yeah. Time. The third ones, third ones. Uh, yeah, it's on the docket. Actually, I'm, we're going to cover it when we do Samurai stuff. Uh, in oh, okay. Nice. Yeah, we're going <laughs> to yeah. Turtles in Time. I, I have it written down as the last Samurai with Tom Cruise, but it's actually Turtles in Time. Okay. Yeah. Well. Yeah. All right then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, back to life of Pi. Um, I, there was a moment. Oh, the moment where the the dog, the dog. I mean, my dog. When when the lion walks into the jungle at the end, my dog was sitting next to me. He mm-hmm. like sat up and sat like at full attention and looked <laughs> at the TV when the lion, because all you see on the screen is like the lion's body, and he's and he noticed this animal, like yeah. And he's just staring at it intently as it well. And there was awesome. no noise. The lion didn't roar or anything. It right, the, right. It was just the people say that, oh, the dogs can't see what's on. They can. The animals can recognize images. Oh, yeah. Maybe well, with that, the higher fidelity TVs that we have nowadays. It's yeah. easier. You also notice how the tiger is like super skinny. Like you see his. Like, yeah, this, he's like emaciated. Oh, yeah. But so yeah. is our protagonist. Right. Yeah, yeah exactly. And um. There's uh damn I was gonna mention something else uh, oh when when we get the I, when we get the look of the tiger again in the end like the movie kind of ends with the tiger going into the woods again I thought for a moment the tiger was gonna turn around and kind of just like, uh, yeah, yeah I, I did kind of wink its I, eye I, like yeah it's yeah. great no yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> it's funny you bring that scene up because uh, that's one thing that I think that the movie does really really well in the transitions. Where it's like we're talking to the interviewer and we, we're getting the story and then we get the scene, mm-hmm. right? And I like what they do when it's like, like the scene that you just mentioned, for instance, is it's Pi sitting on the boat and it's it's him on the boat and he's smiling and he's laughing and then it slowly kind of fades out and it's the tiger on the, the other side of, the of it. Head, yeah. And so it's like, and then the same thing where, where at, at one point when they're talking on the bench, and they're both sitting there, and then it's like he they it cuts to the ocean scene, but it's still pie sitting on that bench. Yeah, it's like superimposed on it. Yeah, as mm-hmm. it, and I I love the I think that's just like just a cherry on top for the, the narrative. Yeah, it's a cool transition to bring us back into this like yeah this story that he's telling. I do like that, and yeah, the end is like the it's the back of the tiger's head. Right. And then also, I, I don't know if you guys caught this, but when we the, the, we get like a still, it looks like a still of the jungle as the yeah. tiger's walking into it. Did you see it's like breathing? Yeah. There's like I a saw. zoom. They're doing an effect with the camera where they're making the, the background sort of look like it's moving a little bit, like closer to you. Huh. And then yeah. it stops like once the tiger enters it. It's like, it's like once the tiger goes into the forest, you start to see the it. Act like what it really is which is just a normal like yeah. wooded area which sort of reminds me now that i'm thinking about it of like that little bulb that he opens up on the carnivorous island right he opens unravels that bulb it's got like With layers the tooth. and then finds the tooth in there it kind of wraps yeah. around it almost like but yeah i noticed the jungle this breathing effect i was like that's cool because it's not a horror movie but that's a cool little technique that makes it like ominous like what the fuck did i just see yeah, that? I'm a little bit of like you know midsummer in that in that sense where it's you have like the when they're on the the mushrooms and like everything mm-hmm. is like yeah breathing yeah it's yep. kind of that is kinda... how hallucinogenics work actually 
well, yeah. Yeah, well, that's, yeah. Uh, that's, that's what that, I heard, Midsummer yeah. has one of the best representations of what it looks like to take mushrooms, in my opinion, on film. <laughs> because a lot of movies do like that sort of stuff where like, oh, they took the hippy dippy drug and it's like that's not no, that's not how it looks. Yeah. yeah. But this is I I think that getting Ang Lee to do this movie uh, was the perfect get because I don't know about the other two directors, but like, put, this is not a Shyamalan movie. No, this is not. He would he would not do well in this film. Uh, I think it would have been uh, a disaster. And Ang Lee has kind of that, uh, you know, what do you say? Like, I want I, artsy fartsy is kind of a, a bad. Um, uh, it's a misnomer. I don't want to like say that, but like he has that hand that can carefully craft a story like this on the screen. I think he's got like vision when it comes to this sort of film. Yeah, uh, this ha- film's a little bit more epic. I feel like than a because I think Shyamalan, to his uh, his benefit, I I think he, his credit, he could have. I think he could have definitely done directed the scenes of like the dialogue during the story of like the flat. You know, the when we're we're getting the narration. I think those are cool Shyamalan type scenes that he could have yes. pulled. With some cool characters, but could he have pulled off the subtle um, storytelling? No, these, no, he, yeah, with all these uh, themes, like, or would they all have been a little too heavy-handed with Shyamalan? Is what I'm thinking, maybe. Yeah, Angley definitely has that subtle touch when it comes mm-hmm. to kind of landing the plane. And, and he's a visual director; like, he does visual stuff really well. Yeah. yeah, you see it in his, you know, in Crouching Tiger. Crouching Tiger. So, yeah, so, right, you saw it in that. the hall. I saw I saw that for the very first time this year. Oh, brutal, dude! We should have done it for the cast. Uh, yeah, I know. I because I, I I for whatever reason I I had never watched it. And they had uh because Michelle Yao won the um uh yeah for everything, everything everywhere all at once. So they had a whole bunch of her movies on Criterion. So I was like, oh, it's like I've never seen Crouching Tiger. It's like finally, I get, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch it because that was one of the films that was in that like little theme that they had, and I was like, I see why this it was so popular. Yeah. I mean, this is fucking awesome, dude. That's a seen... perfect segue for me to let you tell you this story. Me and my wife, I don't have a regal pass like Berg, uh, <laughs> but in my area we have Cinemark, Tinseltown, right? Mm-hmm. And they have their their uh, movie pass, essentially, is what it is. So for 12 bucks a month, I get a ticket that rolls over uh, if I don't use it. And then after, you know, certain I get like a 20 percent concession stand reduction. Anyways, I, I I saw I always sign up for it because every year they have this marathon that they do all the movies that are nominated like uh, for best picture and oh, uh, shit. I think it's actually just best best picture and then all the shorts. So uh for so all the short films and all of the best picture films they show in the theater for a week. And every oh, year shit. me and my wife go to that because the pass the pass is good for that that whole thing. Um awesome. and so we 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 do that like that's that's where I thought I saw so like shit that I I wouldn't even think to watch or never heard of or come across like uh like everything, everywhere, all at once. I watched because of that pass. Uh, Nightmare Alley. I watched because of that pass. Oh, hell yeah. dude, those That's are both good films, man. We covered Nightmare Alley on uh, Cut Above. Dude, Nightmare Alley is. Fun. I was gonna ask. Have you guys, you guys seen the original? I, no, haven't. I haven't. Oh, we got it. We should cover the original. It's good. You're supposed uh, to do it on your show with Jacqueline. That's true. Yeah. We gotta find a way to do that. But uh, 
That I, sounds I awesome, actually. That, that pass that sounds best. pretty cool. Yeah. I it the rest of the year it's just kind of mid. Like uh yeah, unless you after a certain amount sounds, of what's that? The concession stand discount sounds pretty good and then, that is big, yeah. And yeah. then once you hit platinum status, so it's like uh after after I've after I've seen I think it's like twenty five and once I've bought twenty five tickets, I unlock platinum status. And then it's like 35% off concession and two free tickets a month. Oh, yeah. yeah. I don't like that. Mine's a little biased. The Regal, they like, you know, free popcorn or fill up or enlarged popcorn. I'm a nacho guy. I don't want yeah. popcorn. Like, yep. let me roll this over into. I don't like popcorn pretzel either. or something like. Yeah. I used to like popcorn at the movies as a kid. I've kind of outgrown it. I'm not saying I'm not, you know, faulting anybody for enjoying it. I just feel like we're kind of conditioned that we think we need to eat it when we go to the movies. Like, yep. I don't. I need nerd gummy clusters, <clears throat> red vines, gummies. and a big ass root beer. I will. I would rather not, if I can't get those three things. I'd rather. I wouldn't. I. I just. That's. I, I gotta have it. I actually, so I don't eat anything normally during the movies as much now, and I kind of just bring like a small water most times. Nice. Just because oh, I'm man. all like efficient about like this is like a two and a half hour movie. I don't want to get up and use the bathroom. I don't want like. I've bec- I'm a master at holding it, dude. I yeah. can I can sit down yeah. for a three hour film and hold it and drink. You just 40 saw ounces of- a really long film, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, three and yeah. a half hours. Yeah, talk about bank. that. Yeah, I hear about it. I would say if I if when I go to the movies, I I I do like my nachos. I like if I if they have hot dogs, I might be getting a hot dog. Uh oh, or they have like the like the pretzel bites. I like those. Dip those in some nacho cheese. Yeah, bro. Mm-hmm. Um. If they don't have beer, I'll get like a Coke or something like that. Um, candy wise, I I love gummy bears, so like I'll I'll bring those in or like the Sour Patch uh, kids. Sour Patch kids, bro. Sour Patch watermelons. The what? Yeah, dude, that's 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 what I get is the watermelon Sour Patch. Those are emoji. Awesome. I like the actual, you know, the I kids like kid gummies. Yeah. Um, because I don't then, go for one flavor. I want all the flavors. I don't just want yeah, watermelon. I get it. I get it. The. Uh, I, I, I wish, because I, I, I don't care how long the film is. I want us to go back to the era where we would have the intermission. Yeah, at least give me an intermission. Well, yeah. one, not only is it like helpful for us to you know use the bathroom, but like it helps the movie theater too. Like, hey, you know what? I I, I got some time. I'm going to fill up. Another thing of uh, whatever. Yeah, exactly. I'm gonna, and yeah, that's how they make their money anyway. Right. Exactly. But they want to make watching, it on titanic as a kid my mom forced me and my sister to go watch oh, titanic Christ. with her at the at the movies <laughs> and i remember that was the only time i remember an intermission in a movie was titanic really? like, yeah yeah that was well, the first release like ever because that was in the 90s yep yep that was the, the first first movie theater release anyway uh so we've been talking about movie theater stuff for a little while uh it sounds like we're kind of ready to re- uh, review the yeah let's uh let's get to our reviews there's yeah, a fun little tangent though i don't want to go too too long on them because i could talk movie talk all day yeah hell yeah i like bonbons at the oh. movies but they <laughs> don't really, you don't see those as much anymore are those yeah. little like like uh ice cream nubs um, but uh yeah this was your pick john so you want to break it down for us yeah sure i'll go first uh again so so for me like i said this was uh this is kind of a twofold thing for me because it was such an amazing uh, theater experience. Like it, I, I have very vivid memories of being blown away by, like I said, some of those shots of like the island and the colors, just that vibrant color piece. And the man, I thought that sentence was going to go a totally different way for a moment. There. 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, and it just it was it it was just it's it's amazing. Like it's and it's a film that you can really get like I mean, you know, we we had a really good discussion about it tonight. You know what I mean? Uh it's just the the things that it does, the the story is so good. I I think the main character Pi it the film just does such a amazing job of showing you who he is, how he got there, what he went through and why he is how he is at the end. Like it's just it, it does it seamlessly. It just seems so natural. Um uh, I don't think it's going to be a shock to anyone when I say, you know, I it's my pick. I love it. For me, this is an auto buy it. Like this is you have to buy it. Like you, there's you, you, you will, you will watch this movie as every single time you watch it. I think you will get something new from it. I think you'll see something. You'll, you'll go through something. You'll watch it and you'll go, Oh, I wonder what actually now, what is that? What, what does that do? What does that mean? Why is it that way? And it's, uh, I think it, it helps to be able to rewatch it. The fact that it has just such amazing shots. And like you said, the sound, the sound is the score is great. It's just, it's easy to rewatch. Plus you get to pull from this kind of deep, you know, philosophy type, uh, thought process of the film. Mm -hmm. Uh, so yeah, from, for me, hundred percent, a buy it. You will not regret it. Uh, solid buy it. Solid, solid buy it. Nice. What about you, big Berg? What's your, uh, what's your thought process? Oh, my thought process on the life of pie. I told you guys last week, I love a good pie. Yeah, and we're getting in pie season right now. It's about to yep. be November, so uh, that's a good pick for this time of year, actually. Into the fall, bring in the pie. But yeah, no, uh, good. It's a good pick, man. Um, I've only seen it the once. I never saw it in the theater, unfortunately. If they re-release this in IMAX, I'd be all down with that. That'd be fucking gorgeous. It's a great looking film. Um, I saw it when I released. I it, it got a lot of buzz, and I just really wanted to know what it was about. And I don't know, maybe some of the themes might have washed over me at the time or I just took it on face value. But us having this discussion and having a second viewing and being a little bit more critical, but also like open minded to the themes in the movie. I thought I picked up on a lot more um, this time around. The, the visuals are just gorgeous, though. It's the cinematography and locations just pop, especially in 4K. Yeah, uh, yeah. there's some really great characters. I mean, but there's not a ton, but of characters, but the ones that are there, they're they're pretty great. Uh, and Pi, especially, obviously, he's our main guy. He's just extremely fleshed out, like you said. He's brought to life, and it's a great performance um, on all the kids, like anybody who plays him in any any time frame in his life. Um, I think they're all good. Even like child actors can be, you know, sometimes a negative. The child actor in this one carries it. The teenage one's good. Like you know what I mean? Like yeah. great. The the adult one's great. Um, I think he's just a good character, man. Uh, and there's just some really solid performances all around, though, too. You know, I really like the father. I like the mom, the moments we get with them. The brother wasn't really fleshed out. I thought the writer could have been better as well. Uh, but, you know, um, the the other moments I thought were good. The uncle was just sort of like an eccentric sort of odd character that I thought was awesome. Just the moments yeah. we get with him. It's pretty cool. Sure. <laughs> you could see like the mo like some of the... Um, the qualities also in that he got from his uncle as well as, as his parents, you know, cause he definitely got some of those qualities from that uncle guy. 
Um, I th- I just thought the writing was very solid, um, very well written. It was interesting, an interesting take on an like unreliable narrator trope because that's what this is. This is like an unreliable narrator. Yeah. But a lot of times in movies, they that seems to be like a negative. It's an it's played as a negative. Like, oh, the guy telling the story, you know, guys are so sad, whatever. Like uh, stuff like that. Like you don't know what the guy's telling the story is telling the truth. And with that, we still we with this movie, we still get that sort of. But it's played as a benefit with this character, it's just sort of like how he interpreted or how he would rather tell the story. You know what I mean? Yeah. At least, you know, he doesn't want to talk about the bleak nature of what might've happened. He would rather spin it into this incredible tale about how he survived alongside a fucking Bengal tiger. Like, mm. so nobody wants to hear about how a Frenchman killed my mom and I had to stab the guy. Like, right. So right. I get that. There's a lot of depth. I like that. And I think we picked apart a decent amount of it. Um, tonight, which I'm really thankful for, actually. I thought the conversation was really good. I thought we touched on some things, like you said. There's just a lot of themes at play here. Um, none of them overly done where you can just be like, this is definitely how I feel. I, th- I think there's a lot to, to talk, and you can take different sides. I think the film's totally meant for that interpretation, especially with the themes of like what the main character is going through. Um, even though it dealt with some heavy themes, it never was... It had a hopeful ending. It wasn't heavy-handed. It wasn't bleak as shit. Like, there's some bleak shit that happens, but the ending I liked. I still felt kind of like happy about where this character ended up. It's a very well-made film. Also, there's just great entertainment value. Like you said, John, it's just rewatchable. I do think yeah. you can pop this on. This is a once in a year watch if you want it to be, or just a, a movie that you like watching with people by recommending it to them. And like we're doing here, you know what I mean? You do that with your friends in person. Uh, some cons though. It's a little long. Uh, to be honest, the portions on the boat with the tiger, it's a strength to the film as well as a detriment, in my opinion. It just feels like this portion of the film drags a little bit. Uh, you just start to feel the runtime at that part of the film, unfortunately, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, we don't really get... Um, what's the actor's name? Irfan Khan? Irfan? Oh, Irfan Khan, yeah. Irfan? Irfan? Yeah, the, the adult pie. Irfan Khan, yeah. His narration as an older pie, we don't really get him as much at that point uh, to kind of help tie us back to the interview as much mm-hmm. during... We kind of... There's a while where the film's got this formula of like tying back and forth to flashbacks back to the interview. And then it kind of stops for a while while we're all dealing with the boat thing. And then it just focuses on the boat and the boat stuff is strong storytelling. I mean, a lot of our metaphors are at play there and stuff like that, but I do feel like, I don't know. I kind of wish we got more jump back with the other actor as well, or Mm -hmm. just, I don't know, something else, some other glimpses at other things in Pi's life, maybe that were at play here on the boat. Um, it's pacing, like I said, it's just a little bit of an issue, in my opinion. Uh, granted, I do cut the slack, the film slack, because I don't know to betray like lost that sea teenager alone with a tiger and manage and and like balance all those plates spinning. It's it does it pretty well. I just wish we cued back to like older uh, pie at points more in the film. But I, uh, um, oh, also one thing I really didn't like. I don't like how after revealing to us the audience what may have really happened on the boat and allowing us to deduce the rest. Right? They felt the need for the writer to repeat it out loud. It like to you again he like repeats uh, the yeah. he yep. says it back to what's his name and it it just lessens the effect of that scene a little bit yes in my opinion cuz like you told you you showed us all the breadcrumbs as an audience and you basically told us like hey this is probably what happened on the boat 
And that's enough for me. And then the document yeah. later is cool enough. I don't need the guy to be like, wait, what? So yeah, let us like, get there. Yeah, you don't got to yeah, beat bro, me over like the Immediately head after, you kind of undercut it by doing that, in my totally. opinion. That was a little sloppy. Yeah, you took uh, that out of my notes. <laughs> yeah, I did. You did. It's okay. That's good. Well, I mean, that's good. That means I, that's justified then to kind of pick at that because you think it too. Um, and to be honest, the I think the writer could have been handled a little better, the character, because I just like, I'd have liked to explore the themes of these animals possibly being um, people throughout the film, maybe a little bit um, rather than there's like an exposition dump sort of just at the end of how it worked out. Yeah. Even though it's like a great premise, I felt that was like a tad fumbled. They kind of just what? lay it all at you on your on your lap at the end. Yeah. Instead what of giving you? a couple glimpses during. He has some hallucinations and stuff like that, but none of them ever bring into like question whether the hyena could have been the french cook or like there's uh there's clues in the beginning and then i don't know what do you what would you have had um like let's say like uh, the the writer character like what would you would have him what would you rather have him do like as far as i don't know maybe he just he brings more to the table as far as like investigating a little bit maybe he knows a little bit more than he's letting on or something and then he he ties into uh, Patel says something. And he corrects him. He's like, well, when then this isn't this what it really happened? I, I could have sworn okay. a report said this or something. And then we're like, now we start questioning Patel like, oh, shit, like, wait a minute. You know what I mean? I don't but know. I, won I wonder if that uh, it's a little bit I, more set up, maybe. Yeah. Well, I'm not, and like I said, I'm not criticizing like your your cons. I'm, no, I'm just fine. I'm thinking of like, OK, let's say that's that's what happens with the writer. Do you think that that takes away from the way that we get to the ending? Because we we end on a very hopeful note, I believe. Yeah. Whereas, like, if we start like to like crack away at Patel at, at Pi's story, and it, it's like, oh well, this isn't real, or which we kind of already I think have in our mind that like right. there's very surrealistic. It's not quite real, but we're not we we're not we can't put a finger on it. But once we start to put the finger on it, it almost makes him. I think it turns him into a villain, and I think it it, it kind of defeats Who, how the writer in the book or, or, or in the movie. Pi, I think he's saying. I don't think Pi's. I don't. I no, wouldn't. No, I'm just saying. But if we villain. did it that way, I wonder if it would turn Pi. If people, I'm just would using the. Him. I'm just using the interviewer as a as a means to kind of pepper this into the story, or mm. uh, you know, opportunities instead of just having that moment at the end where it just kind of gets like, here's the theory right away. At the very yeah. end, like I don't know. I they were just the process. Film. Once you find yeah. out, I I wish I could go and think back and be like, oh, these are the clues. And there's a couple, like yeah. you said, the zebra, the 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 stripes and stuff. Yeah, like that. and I'm not trying to diminish your your thoughts there. I'm just I was I, I'm it, this, this is just a question I was thinking of. Okay, yeah, well, no, that's, that, that's a valid yeah. response. Yeah. No, I think uh, you're. I mean, you're right. I'm. I just I'm just like kind of curious if that would have affected the the story a little bit. Just I don't know. I like that the writer, though, is kind of this like vessel that's broken, that's coming to pie. Right. Because, I mean, he tells him he's like, oh, I was trying to write this story in um, where was he where he met Mama G. That's but, true. He is on his journey, too, because. He's yeah. Kind of and like, he's like, like he's you. like, yeah. And my one day my story just sputtered up, coughed and died. And he's someone who admits to not having, you know, he's an atheist. Right. And then Mama G tells him, I know a, a French Canadian who you can go talk to who will. I, he'll tell you your story and you'll believe in God. After. God. Yeah. You know what? I think okay. that would have been, I think that would have been what we should have done with the writer 
is maybe talk a little bit about his journey. Show too. him having a flashback talking to Mama John. Mama Jean. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I th- there we go. Something I like think that. Yeah, connect him to uh, Patel a little bit more or something. Just uh, He just feels a little underdeveloped as far as a character. Gotcha. Yeah, totally. So, so I thought like instead of just kind of exposition dumping a little bit at the end, which it's not horrible because I like the premise of everything kind of being given yeah. to you. But it, it's just like it's a little bit of a negative of like filmmaking. A lot of times these fil- films do that. You know, they just. Yeah. I mean, I don't want again. Life of Writer. I, I like Life of Pi, but, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a good joke. <laughs> Fuck you, Rob. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> No, that's good, man. Uh, yeah, I, no, I don't want like give me more writer, but I'm just saying like maybe work him in there a little bit better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. he adds to the story a little bit. Maybe he can pull some things out of um pie, and you can leave some more hints maybe there if you wanted to to deduce like oh you know oh the the hyena is a metaphor for it's supposed to be the the Frenchman or whatever. Yeah. yeah. But no. Nah. Uh. So anyway, uh, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't give my actual score. Sorry. And your rating is my rating is hey i didn't throw us on a loop there that that was more you man but anyway (laughs) uh so yeah this is a great flick though and actually my rating went up uh as we were talking about it um it's a it's a really good premise it's it's original it's a cool take on the narration uh kind of story um much like Princess Bride, you know, um, it's different. So, with that said, I'm gonna give uh, I'm gonna give Life of Pi. I'm gonna give a solid buy it as well. Nice. I'd buy this film. Matter of fact, I did. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I would buy it in physical format. Is what I really mean, though. Yeah, yeah. Rob, what about you? Uh, yeah, you know, well, I, you guys brought up a lot of great points, like some of the the positives and negatives, and. You know, it, like the discussion certainly helped because I was I, I I was I wasn't really sure how we were going to approach this film, because, you know, for for me, obviously, I usually I have a lot more information to go off of. Some of these newer films are going to be a little bit tougher on me because there isn't quite as much, you know, history behind the films that I can draw from. Uh, but I like I like the. uh the discussion that this film brings and that to me uh definitely elevates the the film a lot because this isn't just a film it's like you watch it once like oh yeah i saw life of pi great you know it's and you 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 toss it in the background this is a film that i think you can constantly go back to and you're gonna find something new it's like oh what does that mean what does that mean oh i didn't see that before and similar to like you know movies that I that I really enjoy, like one of my favorite movies of all time is Memento. And Memento, every time I watch that, it's a there's something new that I take away from it. Mm. Uh, or like Pulp Fiction, I always Pulp Fiction's mine. Yeah, I was just gonna say that. Yeah, and this is another one of those films where I know every time I come back to it, I'm gonna find something, a new nugget, and uh-huh. it's like, oh, is this what they were trying to do? And, uh. You it, and there, everyone has their different theories and like the, like where they focus more on certain like they look at certain symbology here or they look at some symbology there or they look at some like the the the, the faith complex that is being dealt with in the film. So you can go in a lot of different directions, and I, I we certainly talked about some of those today. Uh, I mean, really, we're only scratching the surface here for on this film because is yeah. for me it's kind of like my first couple of viewings. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's people who have been studying this film since 2012. I mean, it's been a, you look at some of the Reddit posts and the YouTube, cha- the YouTube 
uh, videos that are done on this film and they really dive deep into like uh, really digging into the into the, uh, the symbolism elements the symbolism of this film and I, yeah, there's I, a lot I, to pick through yeah and our our discussion actually it's same thing it elevated my rating too because initially i was like when we first started I was like i'll be honest john i was like oh, i don't know if i want to watch it this expanded film. your horizons it did expand my horizons i i was actually not looking forward to this film i wasn't mm. i was like I you should be thanking john that's what you should nice hell yeah good good yeah no I, like in, in reality <laughs> john i at first i was i was dragging my feet i didn't want to watch this film i wasn't sure yeah, he was he actually mentioned to me he's like what is john making us watch here i was like <laughs> just check it out it's been a while since i saw it but Dude, it's a dope film, man. Because I forgot about a good chunk of this film, too. Because I was like, oh, yeah, it's a guy on boat with the uh, tiger. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Right. But as, I forgot as about the all film, the deep stuff. Yeah. As the film progresses, like, okay, this is, uh, this, this hat. It's like you had my, if you had my curiosity, but now you have my attention. <laughs> you know, the, the film has like a Spielbergian sort of vibe to it. Uh, and yeah. he kind of gives it his own version of that a little bit. I kind of like that. And like I mentioned earlier, uh, Ang Lee is the right director for this film. I mean, it's just he he has that soft hand to carry this story along mm. and and uh, present it in the right context as well. Uh, whereas, like, I think it, any other director, it would have been a little bit harder for them to kind of put this in into play or they would have tried to put their own twist on it. And I think Ang Lee like the story and then wanted to let it play out just it, but giving it to us in a visual format yeah he so, let it breathe for sure too yeah yeah it's you know it, it's and he has that ability to do that it's kind of he had he has a very special way that he does things and so i i think i'm also gonna i think we're all in solidarity today because i i went from a rent it to a buy it to be honest i had it a slash i was right i was a i was a rent it slash like i was a solid slash rented buy it right yep yeah no, i'm thinking I was, like I, the, i'm like yeah you know what i think it could be a buy it yeah, yeah. Dude, the film the film demands a rewatch it really does you watch it once and it's like you just you yeah you, you owe it to yourself and the movie to go back and watch it again I think I will end up buying the uh, the the Blu-ray of this film and just kind of uh, yeah because I do I do want to go back and watch I mean I did I bought it digitally but I, I like the physical media just because of all the extras mm-hmm. and I'm definitely going to go back to this film I don't know if my wife will like it but maybe I'll try to get her to watch it see what she thinks I want to see this film at like that 4K like Planet Earth like Sheen IMAX yeah. type totally oh yeah that would be great yeah. But yeah, John, this is uh this is a great pick, man. I, I to be honest, yeah, I was dragging my feet on this on this review, and then I got into the films like, you know what? Fuck it. John's been picking some good films. <laughs> yeah, hey, hell yeah. I felt the same. I was like, I fucking yo Jimbo M, what the fuck is this guy doing to me, dude? Black and white, <laughs> reading subtitles, fucking pervert. <laughs> but yeah, no, they they've been yeah, I yeah, same thing. Horizon expanded. Yo Jimbo was fucking dog. That was a I I was very, very happy to have seen that. I'll just say that you got a special gift coming your way for Christmas that might Fucking be hey, bro. Way of, uh, of, of a uh, certain samurai that we that you love. Cool. <laughs> All right, baby. Jacked up about it, huh? Nice. Uh, so whose pick is it next week? I believe it's my pick. Ah, 
Robert. What do you got for us? Well, uh, well, we're we're sticking in America. Okay. Uh, we, okay. we, we're doing an English language film from America. Check. Okay. Uh, we're going into World War II. We're going okay. into uh, Samuel Fuller's 1980 classic, The Big Red One, starring Lee Marvin. Nice. Our first war movie. Yeah, it's uh, this is a very unique one. Uh, it also stars Mark Hamill in his best film ever. Oh, really? Shit. Uh, that's dark. Damn. Yeah. Wow. As much as I love Star Wars, this is Mark Hamill's best. Dude, he's ever. really good in House of Usher. I, the Fall of House of Usher. I just finished. Oh, that. really? Yeah, I he have plays not like seen this that. killer lawyer uh, type character. Like, I don't know. He's yeah, he's good in it. But uh, yeah, we're we're gonna dive into the Big Red One. Uh, nice. One excited. of my favorite act- was one of my favorite actors of all time, Lee Marvin. So I think it's gonna be a fun discussion. We'll uh, kind of dive into that. There's there's definitely a lot of cinematic archaeology in this film. So, dude, mm. that's awesome. Speaking of discussion, I was just thinking, Hyderberg. I swear I know you from something else. What what else do you have going on? Oh, I I have a. Uh... I have a podcast, another podcast. Uh, sorry, guys. I, I hate to break it to you, but no, I have another show. Uh, How dare you, sir? Co-hosts, uh, John and Jacqueline. And each week we get together and we rate and review a uh, different horror film, uh, much like we do here on Cinemigos. It's called A Cut Above Horror Review. Um, you can catch us on all podcatchers. Uh, you can catch us on Instagram at a cut above one word dot horror underscore review on Twitter at cut above horror or X. And uh, on Facebook at a cut above our review. Uh, yeah, that's where you can find me. If you like what I'm. I thought so. Doing. That's right. That's ringing a bell now. Hmm. Rob, what about you, my main man? Well, I, I too, unfortunately, have another podcast that I do. <gasps> uh, yeah, I, I'm cheating on you guys. I'm sorry. Uh, it is called uh, Circle of Jerks Podcast. You can find us on YouTube. Uh, and on Instagram, we're Circle of Jerks Podcast, and on Twitter slash X, we are at Podcast Coj. Um, you know, John, I, I I feel like there's something that you're on too. Like, what do you do? Me? Oh, well, I'm glad you asked. I actually do not have another podcast. Uh, I you're monogamous, then. That's right, the one and only. <laughs> uh... <laughs> I stream uh, retro video games specifically on the Nintendo Entertainment System, the original NES, uh, every Tuesday, every Thursday, uh, 5.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time at twitch.tv slash kinetic onslaught, spelled O-N-S-L-O-T. And right now, I'm not a big horror guy, but right now we're playing some horror games. We got Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, oh, after shit. that, we're going into Friday the 13th. Oh, God, good luck. Uninvited. Good luck. <laughs> Damn, man. Yeah, I, I, uh, I'm not looking forward to Friday you. the 13th at all. That's going to be a fucking slog. But... Yeah, bro. I, I was watching you play a little bit of that Freddy, though. Oh, dude, it's a good game up until you get to the end, and then it's just dog shit. Yeah, I was trying to look for all the like callbacks to the movies. Yeah, That's it's fun. weird, dude, because it's like it's a I think it's the third one is the third one. The Dream Warriors. one. Yeah. Yeah. Where it's like the kids and they have the different mm-hmm. abilities. Yeah. And it's kind of cool because like when you're awake, you just have the punch, you know, but then you pick up these things. And yeah, then, there's a mirrored world, right? Like, so, yeah, you're, like you're, you're, you're fall asleep birds during yeah. the daytime, is, but at that, night yeah. they're like bats or whatever. Or yep, like, yep, yep. Cr- yeah, Freddy creatures or whatever. Yeah. 
that is the best nightmare on Elm Street, Dreamcatchers or the Dream Warriors. The Dreamcatchers, yeah. We're the <laughs> Dreamcatchers. <laughs> the Dream Catching Warriors. The dreams we do. Like it. <laughs> ah, the Dream Warriors is an amazing movie. It is, in my opinion. Um, what about the Cinemigos? If they wanted to reach us, the Cinemigos. Well, they can reach us on Twitter or X at Tres Cinemigos, T-R-E-S-C-I-N-E-M-I-G-O-S. And if they wanted to follow us on Instagram, they could catch us at Cinemigos, one word, underscore podcast. Uh, yeah. Very nice. Is there anything else you wanted to promote, Rob? Oh, yeah. I was. Oh, yeah. Uh, we, we found a friend of the show, a uh, uh, man by the name of Philip Duke. He uh, runs another podcast called Making Tarantino, the podcast. They uh they review movies that Tarantino uh has suggested as great movies, and we see if they and they see if they have influenced Tarantino in any sort of way. And great I great idea, for sure. Yeah, yeah it is a really cool. Idea. You know, yeah. in, in their own way, they're doing their own version of cinematic archaeology over there on that nice. podcast. And so, of course, they had the expert come on their their show to talk oh, about, of course. Uh, which was me, obviously to yeah. talk about. Uh, uh, a great spaghetti western classic, The Great Silence. Uh, that episode is uh, his as of this. Yeah, it's out now. Recording. It's out right now. It'll, and <laughs> by the time you listen to us, it'll have been out for a few weeks. But go a long time. But go check out that episode on The Great Silence. It's really it's a lot of fun. Um, he's uh, the, the guy who runs that show, Phil. He's awesome. I listened yeah. to like forty five minutes of it so far, and it's it's. I want to yeah. pause it and go li- watch the movie first. I think so and then come back. Have, yeah, if you have not seen the Great Silence, go watch that film. It uh, it's I I think it's streaming. Uh, it's available for renting on like Amazon, mm. uh, yeah. a bunch of streaming sites. It was up on Criterion uh, earlier in the year, but I don't know if it will be. You know when you guys listen to this, but go watch that film. Go check out that episode. It's a great discussion. Yeah, and go check out his other episodes too. It's a cool show. Yeah, he, he, if you love Tarantino, this is the guy you got to listen to. He, it's cool. It's, it's not just Tarant. Like it's not like, oh, hey, I'm a big Tarantino nerd. Let me gush about Tarantino. It, it's the way his show structured and like you're still breaking down the actual film and wh- what the film's exactly. worth. Yeah, your review of the film. You're, you're, you know what I mean. But then you're also picking apart a little bit of those Tarantinoisms too, and be like, oh, I think this might have been why he did so and so's character this way. Or that's cool. Uh, yeah, it's an yeah. interesting. It's a cool that's way a to do a crazy idea. Yeah, that's yeah, awesome. I like that. Hey, I, I, as soon as I, because he popped up on our Twitter feed, I was like, I looked at like what his show was. I was like, that's really fucking cool. If the if the show is half as good as the premise is, this yeah. is going to be a podcast. Show. Friends are cool, man. It's cool to make friends through podcasting. Yeah. So it was kind of cool anything to be on the show. It. I'm going to be going on again at some point. And nice. uh, yeah, so I'll be promoting the Cinemigos and you know, everything that we're doing over here. Nice. Big dick swinging over here, Rob. Yeah. I don't, I'm, I'm getting as popular as you, Hyderberg. <laughs> well now see but i also don't have gifts being sent to me like john so I, i'm not there yet yeah you'll get there although yeah. you know I, you know there's some fans maybe sending me some some movies so if you if you guys are fans of the show you want to send us some blu-rays or criterion send them my way i'll take them wow yeah. we've we've stooped to rob's begging for blu-rays on the fucking show i think it's a good time to uh, to uh sign off 
Well, with that, I would like to leave you guys with this. When your own life is threatened, your sense of empathy is blunted by a terrible, selfish hunger for survival. Hey, your badges? Badges? We ain't got no badges. We don't need no badges. I don't have to show you any stinking badges.